my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, I would like to welcome you all to another episode in the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. And today, of course, the episode we will be focusing on is from Season 2, Season 2, Episode 11, entitled A Little Romance. This episode aired on January 13th, 1989. Becky gets the guys to participate in a date auction, and DJ gets her first boyfriend. This episode was rated 7.3 out of 10 based on 211 ratings. We have a uh, guest star here. We got the late Jonathan Brandis. We have let's see, Heather Greer. Sure. Has she been in Angel's Brigade and and 79 is something called High Riders. Okay. We also have... Who's Hillary Wayne? Do I know a Hillary Wayne? Oh, she's a producer. Gotcha. Alright, let's see. Who else we got here? Who's Violet? What's that... The lady... Um. Okay, what... What in the world? I'm looking at the cast list. Why are you showing me people that aren't on the cast list? Alright. Robin Greer plays Crystal. Okay, we also have Grandpa Nick, played by John Apria? Is that how you say his name? He plays Nick Katsopoulos, Jesse's father. Right. This episode was directed by John Boeb. I want to see how many other episodes of Full House did this guy direct. Let's find out. Uh, looks like he also directed Someone Hanging with Mr. Cooper and an episode of Ellen. 16 episodes of The Cosby Show. Alright. The show called Baby Talk, which was actually... A, um, kind of like a TV version of Look Who's Talking, who had the baby whose name in the movie is Mikey, but here in the show they called it Mickey, and being raised by Maggie, a single mother starting her life over in the city. Um, Mickey is voiced by Tony Danza. And Scott Bayo, of course, plays James Holbrook, supposed to be James Ubriaco. So, oh, then directed three episodes of Family Matters. Okay, four episodes of Full House, John Boeb directed. We got Tanner vs. Gibbler, A Very First Christmas Show, A Little Romance, and Pal Joey. These are all from season two. 
Okay. The writers, we have Jeff Franklin, the creator, Rob Dames, and Bob Frazier. We got a little bit of trivia here. When DJ lists her good qualities, she mentions she is nice to animals. She grows up to be a veterinarian, which would be her profession in Fuller House. Yes, she does. Oh, here's a goof. And a little romance. DJ says she has a purple belt in karate, but a couple episodes later, she says she's just about to get a green belt. Purple belt's supposed to come after the green belts in karate. Well, maybe she, maybe she moved back one. I don't know. Another goof. When Jesse and Becky kiss in the kitchen, her arms are hanging at her sides. But when they stop to look at Michelle, her hands slide off his shoulders like it's been they've been there the whole time. When DJ kicks Steph out of her room, she is sleeping on the floor in Michelle's room. Nick comes in to check on Michelle. Steph is asleep. When Nick leaves the room, Michelle goes to throw a pillow at Steph. Steph's eyes are open. Then right before the pillow hits her, she closes them again. Okay. When the girl's grandpa Nick goes to check on Michelle, he walks into her room and closes the door. Then when he leaves a few minutes later, the door is open again. Alright, well that's just old continuity. Alright, we got a user review here. A couple of them. Mm, Sorry. This one is a 6 out of 10. The title, Boys and Men. This was from February 21st, 2014. By Mitch RMP. Rebecca is already becoming a big part of the Tanner family. She's in their house fixing supper and setting their table. I love having Becky around. She's one of my favorite characters. So her reason for being there is to talk to is to talk all three of the boys into being bachelors in her auction. Two of them are sweet talked into it by her. The auction is really quite humorous, especially when it comes to Jesse's bidding. Besides the Christmas kiss, this is the first time that she and Jesse have a life together. Well, I wouldn't exactly call it a life together, but I think it's a turning point in their relationship when they actually do agree to date each other and kind of see where the relationship takes them. And after DJ learns a thing or two about men, boys, honestly... She and Becky have their first girl talk. I love Becky's advice with DJ in a lot of the episodes. I love the the ugly duckling scene as well as Becky's reaction. This is where it really gets good. That aside, I think season three is my favorite season. Okay, of course, the ever faithful Power Mandan. Seven out of ten. A good one, he titles this. He or she titles this. From May 8th, 2017. Warning. Spoilers. DJ is hitting puberty and is becoming interested in boys. These kinds of transitional episodes, puberty, fall short of their potential. I guess it's reasonable with kids not getting too mixed up in an adult world. The late Jonathan Brandis appears as DJ's cute classmate Michael. Kimmy hears that he likes DJ and she is thrilled. When he gives her a friendship bracelet and asks to study with her, DJ feels like Michael is a real boyfriend. Of course, guys, it's the 80s, so any type of let me give you a friendship bracelet, hey, let's sit at lunch together, let's do our homework together, it's kind of code for they haven't kissed or anything, but in junior high days... That kind of implies, like, hey, you're hanging out. 
And probably a friendship bracelet is as close as you're going to get to a promise ring at age 12. So. <laughs> Turns out he only likes DJ as a friend and wants to romance with Kathy Santoni. DJ is crushed. Now, we don't meet Kathy Santoni until the um, Back to School Blues episode in season three. We only hear, and we actually do hear about her again in DJ's first ho horse when K Kimmy and DJ are saying, hey, let's get a horse so that way Kathy Santoni will shut up about her stupid moped. Which, I didn't even know what a moped was when I saw that. I was like, what are they, what's a moped? Turns out like it's a little version of a motorcycle. Meanwhile, Rebecca joins Danny and the guys. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to yawn. Uh, in a bachelor auction, Becky has been platonic with Jesse so far in the series, but jealousy during the auction proves otherwise. Becky and DJ have a heart to heart that makes DJ feel much better. This is the strength. This is the strength of the episode. Everything seemed to be set up for. Their two-minute conversation. Well, whatever. The episode wasn't bad. It had some good points. And I'm just thinking of Becky in this moment. I'll, you know, I'll get to it when we get to that point in the episode. But the fact that she probably doesn't really realize her true feelings until the moment that someone else bids on Jesse and could win, that... Becky realizes, if I don't make a move now, I'm going to lose him. Or, I'm going to lose my chance, basically. Almost, what's that saying? Like, you don't know how good you have it until it's gone. Or, you don't appreciate something until you don't have it anymore. Or something to that effect. So, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let you all know, the new listeners, where you can go to follow along with the podcast. Go to Facebook. Type in Full House Podcast. Type in Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House, Fuller House Pocket should pop up in the search bar. And, of course, Instagram at OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, you can also follow along at Full House Pod. And if you'd like to send an email, you can go to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com, which will be in the episode description. So if you want to share your thoughts on previous episodes or your favorite episodes or your favorite character you are more than welcome to do so i would love to hear from you if you are a regular listener and you've been enjoying the podcast for some time if you have a moment just jump on itunes or your podcast app and search full house podcast the oh my lanta holy chalupas full house fuller house podcast should pop up you know, leave a review, use emojis for your favorite characters, favorite episodes. I just think that would be so fun and cool to do. That way, the more ratings and reviews the podcast gets, the higher it climbs into being more noticeable by other Full House fans and fanatics like yourselves. So, without further ado, let's jump into the cold open. Of course, we got to do the cold open before we get to the actual episode of course before the cold open i just realized i had to dole out some uh, recognition here for the full house trivia question the question i asked is 
from season two, episode eleven, a little romance. What is the name of DJ's first boyfriend? And I made this a multiple choice. I said, is it A. Matthew Morgan, B. Michael Mumford, or C. Mason Markowitz? See, I wanted to make the other two answers also start with M names, but I couldn't fool you guys. Of course, uh, someone gets bonus points for the actor. You got the actor's name. Yep, yep. Uh, Anna. Anna got B, Michael Mumford, and that's Jonathan Brandis, R.I.P. Yes. Lauren said Michael. Julianne said Michael as well. And played by the late Jonathan Brandis. Yep, yep. All right, well, I've doled out the recognition, full house recognition. I'm sure, I will come up with something fancy to call all you trivia winners. But until that time, let's actually get into the cold open so we can get into this episode. So I just double-checked this. Um, if you know that the idea for full house originally was going to start with, like, three comics living in a house together and at the time I mean the show premiered in 87 and when they were working around with the idea it's like it's the 80s a lot of people want family shows at this time so like hey let's take these three guys and you know have three you know them raising three girls because this kind of was birthed off of the idea of three men and a baby so I double checked on YouTube I'm like the cold open has Jesse, Joey, and Danny singing Toddler Michelle to sleep with a song. I'm like, I wonder. So I go on YouTube. I look it up. And I'm like, that is the exact same song. So I'm going to play a clip from here. And then I'm going to play where the three men in, are singing Baby Mary, who's just an infant compared to Michelle who's actually sitting up leaning back against the back of the crib just watching you know her dad and uncle and Joey serenade her with this song and even in the pilot episode I mean we had a throwback to um or a nod if you will to three men and a little baby when Joey and Jesse are trying to change her diaper for the first time I remember when I covered that episode because I put a little of Three Men and a Little Baby, also a scene from Baby Boom where Diane Keaton's character, who's a businesswoman, who's never been around kids, is trying to change um, little two-year-old Elizabeth's diaper. And both are just played, come me just crazy, like seriously. It's not that difficult to change a baby's diaper. Granted, last time I changed a baby's diaper would have been my oldest or youngest nephew back when I was 14, back in like 1996, so. Alright, so that was the full house version. I guess at the end, Joey was kind of doing a 
I've heard on another Full House podcast that it was an Aaron Neville who was big in the 80s. Um, if you know the song entitled, I Don't Know Much, But I Know I, Lo- I Love You, uh, maybe I'll play a smidgen of that, too, after this. But here's the clip from Three Men and a Baby. This is pretty much the same song. I'll play just a little bit of it. And it's like, this is an entirely different situation where they are trying, the three guys here and three men and a baby are trying to put to sleep a very fussy infant. So she's crying and everything. Their soothing voices eventually do help her compared to toddler Michelle, who's just sitting up, just lounging the back at the back of her crib, just watching them. And then they, the guys go out and she's like, do I? <laughs> Look at this face. I know the years are showing. Look at this life, I still don't know where it's going I don't know how much, but I know I love you Oh my gosh, is that song, huh, bring back memories Man, oh man a lot of those uh, 80s contemporary songs like that, it's like I hear them and immediately I'm just transported back to the late 80s. But alright guys, let's actually get into this. Basically, I covered the cold open, which was very quick, just the three guys singing to Michelle in her crib, and her just... This is, of course, before the teddy bear song. Remember when I covered the Christmas episode where they were going to go to Colorado for a Tanner reunion? And I guess at the time, Michelle's favorite song, because she was two, was the lady from Ipanema. Or <laughs> Eventually, I think it's got to be at least maybe season three, maybe later in season two, that her favorite song does become the teddy bear song. Because it does get brought up, like, a little bit, like, especially in season four when Jessie actually moves out. She's like, who's going to sing me the teddy bear song? You know, you sing it to me every night. And he's like, oh, well, I'm sure your dad and Joey... And she just looks at him like, are you serious? And he's like, I'll tape it for you. But yeah, I will be getting to that episode. Oh my god, that's gonna break me. Okay, so we are in the kitchen. We got a close-up shot of Jesse. He's got what looks like a black turtleneck. What is up with the guys in turtle? I'm sorry, but I don't... I'm not a big fan of guys in turtlenecks. Never have been. The mock turtlenecks. No, just... Just... I don't... I don't like them. They're just... I don't know. I myself had to wear some turtlenecks in my time. And it's just like... Your neck gets itchy. It's too many layers around your neck. I just don't like it. But he's wearing a... Blue and white checked apron. Because, of course, you're in the kitchen, you're going to wear an apron. There's a really cool one he wears during the uh, Dr. Dare Rides Again episode where he's wearing, like, a cowboy, um, like, sheriff outfit on a, on an apron, which is kind of cool. Now, we see him tearing up and 
You looks like oh he's getting emotional like what what's wrong is he's rubbing his eye. No, he's cutting onions. And let me tell you from someone who cut onions quite a while ago and just said never again. Not only would your eyes water cuz there's always like oh you cry. No, what it is your eyes are going to water, but they're also going to sting and they're going to burn. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I can do, I'm not a fan of onions anyway. I think I was just making like, we were making like chili or some, some, something that required, you gotta have onions in it apparently, but most things that take onions is like, we, we're not gonna eat onions, we're not gonna eat diced tomatoes, just no, no, no. But yeah, I just remember one time cutting onions and it's just, my eyes start to water, but then they start to sting and burn. It's like, I'm not rubbing my eye or rubbing my hand with my eye or anything which he probably is it's like if you've touched the onion with your hand like if that's the hand you've touched it with you're rubbing your eye your eyes are definitely gonna start burning it's like the time like i handled a jalapeno my dad and i went and got like i guess he wanted jalapenos for something or other and all i did was touch the thing and then i like rub like my my mouth or something with my just like lightly like draped it across and all of a sudden it's like my lips felt like they were on fire i didn't even have to eat the thing i just touched the outer skin of the jalapeno and lightly just like um and then all of a sudden it's like my lips feel like they're on fire of course uh the camera pulls out we see someone dabbing jesse's eyes with a towel and he's like becky i'm so happy you could stay for dinner and she's like, oh, me too. I just love to see a grown man cry. She, her hand is on, like, his shoulder. Like, what's that on? Is that, like, pizza sauce? Oh, I'm guessing, no, that's gotta be, like, pasta sauce. Like, marinara sauce. Oh, he's got a whole thing of onions. How many onions you gonna, you gonna cut, guy? Joey, of course, comes in into the kitchen with one bag of groceries. He's wearing a leather jacket and a blue shirt underneath. I don't know why, but I think that Dave Coulier rocks a leather jacket. I mean, Jesse, yes, please. But Joey, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. And he doesn't have, like, the full, like, curly mane, like, in uh, season one, episode one, the pilot episode. It's more like he's he's got it trimmed, which is good, you know, slicked back. And it just... Dave Coulier looks looks kind of good in that leather jacket. And I'll leave it at that. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, Joey comes in, witnesses Becky, like, dabbing at Jesse's eyes with a dish towel. And Joey's like, Becky, please, give the guy a break. Go out with him. I mean, you're breaking his heart. And, of course, in a choked-up voice, Jesse's like, Back off, man. I was chopping onions. I'm going to play this clip. Happy you could stay for dinner, Becky. Me too. I love to see a grown man cry. <laughs> Becky, you really ought to go out with him. You're breaking the guy's heart. Back off, man. I was chopping onions. Come on in, Michelle. Bring the bread with you. Oh, that baguette is huge. Fancy. 
Yeah, I bet it's heavy. It's huge. Thanks. That looks so fake. And for being such a good girl, you get to ride on your horsey. Thank you, Joey. Aww. Very good. Okay. Now that you're both here, I need a favor. As you both know, the Women in Media Charity Bachelor Auction is this Thursday. And as you also know, I'm the one in charge of finding eligible bachelors to auction off as dates. So I was wondering... Becky, this kind of thing, it's, uh, it's embarrassing for me. I mean, you know, women checking me out, poking me, and <laughs> prodding me like I'm a slab of beef. Well, come on, don't act like you don't enjoy that. I'll do it. Yeah, you don't do it. Thanks, Joey. All right. Oh, Jesse, won't you do it for me? Please. Pretty please. As a personal favor. It'd make me really, really happy. This is really, really unfair. But it's for a really, really good cause. I'm really, really gonna regret this. Thanks, Jess. Guys, I gotta warn you. Rebecca's gonna try to beat me home. <laughs> <laughs> I caught all the lights. Good news, though. The Joey and Jesse said yes. Catch. We're going to make a fortune auctioning off dates with you three handsome devils. Three? <laughs> Rebecca, you can't auction me off. I'm the auctioneer. <laughs> you never auction off the auctioneer. That would make the auctioneer the auctionee. It's confusing. I'm confused just saying it. Hey, won't you do it for me as a personal favor? <laughs> It'd make me really, really happy. Yes, I feel real special now. <laughs> so Joey tells Michelle to bring in the bread. We cut to the back door, and Michelle is carrying, clearly, this is a fake, large, long, like, baguette, or, like, that you can cut up. It's like somebody went to Subway and got a giant, like, four foot. So that thing looks over two to three feet. So it's clearly, you stand that thing upright, it's taller than she is. That might even be close to my height. And I'm only five foot two. That is scary. She didn't drop it or anything. Not to mention it's not in any type of packaging. So, ew. How many uh, leaves of that bush outside did that thing rub up against? Because there's no protective covering for that. If you want to call it a baguette, I guess. When, or to me, it just looks like a giant three-foot-long breadstick. You know, I notice in uh, episode, certain episodes of season two, the way they have Michelle's hair done is they got it in a... Would you call this, like, a top ponytail where they pull all the hair and, like, put it in an updo? Kind of like, would you call that, what, the the Pebbles look, maybe? Pebbles Flintstone? I don't know. But, anyway, it's really cute. They got her in an adorable jean jacket and a blue little scrunchy thing to hold her hair up on top of her head. It just, it's cute. And he's like, oh, for being such a good girl, Michelle, you get to ride on your horsey. And I see they moved the horsey from upstairs to downstairs since the uh, season two episode, two episode Tanner versus Gibbler. I gotta say, honestly, out of the three guys, we know that Joey's not the best cook, but Jesse seems to have his way in the kitchen. He really, he does. I mean, 
Danny's not horrible. Granted, he did um, mess up the Thanksgiving turkey, even though it was frozen. Um, but anyway, he's having Becky do a little taste test off the wooden spoon just to make sure, like, is the sauce good? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's very good. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I think it needs just a little bit of garlic. Now, usually when I cook spaghetti, which isn't very often, um, I just get the stuff in a in a jar, like the old, the ragu old world style, or, um, we could, pr I think it's just, we've usually done the ragu, I think my dad would usually get, like, prego, but I don't think I've been, I mean, unless it's in a rest, I'm going to a restaurant and they're making it, which I can't remember the last time I actually had spaghetti in a restaurant, it might have been, um, whatever that, um, Fazoli's, I think it was called. The one time I ate there, like, over ten, uh, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pasta's okay, but it's not my end-all be-all. Oh, while Jesse, of course, is adding a little garlic to the sauce, giving a little stirzy, um, Becky's like, great, now that you're both here, I, uh, I need a favor from you, of course. So this auction that's being set up is actually it's the women in media charity bachelor auction so it's actually it's on a thursday so it's on a weeknight that's kind of that sounds like something that you probably get more people like on a week would you get more people on a weekend but i don't know so becky actually is the one who's got to get the eligible bachelor so almost in a way it's like she's in order for this thing to happen, she's the one that's got to get, you know, the eligible bachelors and everything. Since we have a house with three different guys that are eligible bachelors, you know, like I said, Jesse and Becky aren't together just yet. They're not together just yet. Danny is not seeing anyone. We know Joey's really not seeing. I noticed that Joey, while Becky is talking, is opening the fridge and he's putting what looks like, like Chinese takeout in the fridge. He's putting, like, a bottle of wine in there, too. Oh, she's kind of, like, hinting, you know, I was wondering. I'm the one in charge of finding eligible bachelors, and she did say she needed a favor. Jesse, of course, is like, you know, this this kind of thing, it's, it's embarrassing for me. It's like women checking me out, poking and prodding me like I'm a slab of beef. I'm like, Jesse, come on. Don't act like you don't secretly like that. I think you do. He's Jesse Katsopoulos. Guys, we saw... The slew of ladies that would come in that revolving front door of the Tanner house in season one. There's at least five of them. Which I would, I, I just kind of think on this every now and then is the fact that I get it. He's there to help the girls out and everything. He's doing a favor for Danny, but it's like, I get it. You want to be with the ladies. That's cool. That's not a problem, but I really wouldn't appreciate I mean I'd be the same way if I were dead like look I, I appreciate you helping me out but I really don't feel that it's appropriate to be having you bring girls over and spending the night you know I got three impressionable girls so even in the pilot episode you know he had that girl Vanessa I believe her name was you know ask her to sleep on the couch or something and Danny's like I really don't feel it's appropriate with three girls here to have her sleeping with you in your bed. And the girls are there. His room is directly across the hall from theirs. Yeah. They don't need to be hearing that kind of stuff. And I honestly think 
you're not paying rent, you are helping somebody, but if you want to do that kind of thing, you go to their place, you get a motel, hotel, what have you. But you don't bring that stuff into my house. I wouldn't want someone doing that if they were helping me out. Like, that's great, you want to have a life, that's great, but you can have that kind of life outside of the walls of this house. And I don't need to hear about it, and I don't want to know about it. Just hearing Jesse say women prodding and poking me like I'm a slab of beef. And Joey's like, oh, I'll do it. And the way that when Jesse was saying all this stuff, like, he's really, he doesn't want to. And you just see Becky's face kind of fall, like, oh, shoot. I bet we're going to get a lot of money for Jesse, too, because of his looks. He looks so great. But she does look relieved at least one person is going to do it. But she does have a way to schmooze Jesse into agreeing. And she's like, oh, come on, Jesse, won't you do it for me? Pretty, please, please, as a personal favor. It would make me so happy. And she takes his hand. I love how she, like, takes his hand and, like, brings it up so both her hands are covering his. Like, please, please. It would make me really, really happy. It's like, uh, this is really unfair. And she's like, yeah, but it's for a really, really good cause. Like, oh boy, I'm really gonna regret this. And he's like, oh, thanks, Jess. First, we hear Danny yelling from outside in the, like, hey guys, Becky's gonna try to. Oh, you're here already. <laughs> I guess she beat me home. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I I got all the lights. You know, the ones that you had to stop at. I made all of those lights. <laughs> I mean, it sucks like when you're trying to get somewhere, right? And it's like, oh shoot, red light. But it's not. I mean, you can set it through one red light, but when a succession of lights you're getting to, all boom, 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 snap red, and you're like, ah, oh, like, the universe is against me today, right? <laughs> so, Becky's got good news for Danny. She's like, Joey and Jesse said yes, so we are going to make a fortune selling off you three devils. As she's, you know, putting the, the table mats down and setting the table and everything. And of course, three, you know, this is news to Danny. He's like, what, what do you mean three? I mean, you have Jesse and Joey. And of course, jo Danny is the auctioneer. So he's like, well, wait a minute. No, that, then that means that I would be on the chopping block as well. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, you can't. I'm the auctionee. You, or I'm the auctioneer. You can't auctioneer the auctionee. That would... So, it's like, well, tough, because you're doing it. And you're a talk show host. You're a TV personality. So, I could see you going for a bit as well. Of course, now, Becky <clears throat> pulls out the same line she did to Jesse. Like, oh, please, Danny. And she takes his hand in both of hers, holds it to her chest. Like, oh, please, Danny, please. As a personal favor, it would make me really, really happy. Jesse, of course, comes over and sees this go down. And he's just like, oh, she, she got me good. Like, well, wow, that was so nice when you did that to me. But now that you're doing it, the exact same words to Danny, I feel really cheap right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel real special right about now. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump upstairs to DJ and Steph's room. We got DJ sitting at the table. She's working on her homework. Kimmy, of course, comes in wearing a khaki skirt with a dark blue button-up. Her hair, of course, is in barrettes where it, it looks like at this time the hair is still, in season one, it was more blondish, 
Whereas now it seems like it's taking like a, um, a curly bit of tone to it. And it seems a bit darker, almost like a light auburnish, reddish, blondish type of look to it. I mean, eventually it will even out and it will go back to being, you know, blonde. But all I guess I'm saying is just I'm not a fan of how they have Kimmy's hair like this. Oh, I see what she's got. She's got a headband. Okay. Yeah, they really permed up her hair in the back. Like, really hairsprayed the heck out of Kimmy's hair. She stopped the homework, DJ. And DJ's like, yeah, but if I stop, you won't have anything to copy. And, of course, we all know this is something that continues throughout the course of the show. DJ, of course, is the academic one. Kimmy is more of a layabout as far as doesn't really give the amount of attention to her school. Okay, DJ's smart. I'll just, you know, copy over her. I'll put my name in the top right corner. It'll be fine. Okay, I got the boy's name wrong. So it's not Mumford. It's Monfort. Monfort. Okay, M-O-N-F-O-R-T. I was so... I like Mumford, though. I think because I got it from the other... When I was listening to the other Full House podcast, I'm like, I'm not gonna... It'll be fine. So DJ, of course, her hair is really... It's not crimped. It's more like a um, hairsprayed permish waviness to it. And her shirt is a white blue and white striped. And it's got a picture that says ocean on it. Or I think it's Oceanside. But we'll see it more when it pops up. So, of course, clearly Kimmy knows the run of the rumor mill that runs rampant through the school. And apparently Michael's been name dropping DJ's name. And Kimmy just happens to, you know, got an ear in on the local gossip at the um, at the elementary school. So she goes to DJ and says, hey, um, I want to know what you think about Michael Mumford. And, of course, DJ's like, I mean, he's okay, I guess. I mean, how would you, okay, let's say that your friend's got an ear in the rumor mill and she's like, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? Like, what would you automatically think? Like, why are you asking me of this? Like, would your thoughts of me go to, like, maybe this guy liked you, maybe this per or, you know, person is saying stuff about, but if this guy were saying, you know, smack talk about DJ, you know, uh, D, uh, Kimmy would have came right out and he would have said, what do you think about Michael Mumford? Or Mumford. My god, I just like, I like Mumford. Dang it. I feel so... Ugh. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, she's like, meh, I guess. He's he's whatever. So she heard from a boy named Tom Altobello, who sits next to the Epstein, Epstein twins. That Michael Mumford likes you, DJ. He really... Um... I'm kind of wondering if he threw the name. I bet anything. This is what I think. Michael Mumford was sitting in algebra class or history class or whatever class that he and uh, DJ. History. History. Yeah. He was like, hey, you know what? I, that girl. Um, what's her name? Like DJ Tanner? Um, I kind of. 
what do you think about her? I mean, you know, he probably name dropped like, you know, I mean, she's she's pretty smart, right? I mean, we we have the same history class, so um yeah, do you think I should um ask her for help or something? This was a this honestly was a ruse. He's like, "Wow. So what grade do you think she gets in school? Does she get A's?" She, do you think she's got an A in this class? She might. Oh, well, hmm. Maybe I should, uh... See, uh, he, he, this is a ruse. This is just all... I'm flunking history. Who's the smartest girl in this class? Okay, great. So, I'm just gonna, like, DJ Tanner, DJ Tanner. Yeah, I like her. She's, she's kind of nice looking at her. Uh, wow, she's really smart in this and that. Because he's gonna bring her up later. Um, but yeah. Uh, my mind, this kid's a pretty boy. I mean, I'm not trying to shame pretty boys that they don't all got it going on upstairs. But this guy just, his delivery later on when they're sitting down, and I'll get to it. It's just like... Okay, let's look at this Oceanside shirt for a second. We got a, what looks like a, a man and a woman... And looks like he's got binoculars. He's checking out a sailing boat that looks like it's starting to slowly capsize, like turn on its side. Makes me think of um, that one. It wasn't so much an emoji, but it's like, here's the Titanic seeking if it were doing so in 2019 or 18 or seven or whatever. And you see everyone with their iPhones out like filming and taking pictures while they're in the rescue boats. Because this man and woman look like they're on a dock and they're just watching this, what looks like a sailboat with the flimsiest, doesn't even look like a real sail attached to it. Just starting to like turn over on its side and whoever was on the sailboat is now, that might be a person in the, I can't tell, but it's, it's weird. I mean, clearly these aren't clothes that you can buy off the rack at, like, Kohl's or TJ Maxx or whatever. I mean, maybe the shirt, like, they probably got the shirt and then... This is clearly, like, an iron-on patch that they just, like, here, let me put, like, a little advertisement on here. So, as soon as DJ hears that Michael Mumford likes her, she's like, Oh my gosh, Kimmy, are you serious? Oh, he's so cute. We haven't met Michael, so we don't know what he looks like at this point. I mean, if you're going into this with, like, back in 1989 when it aired, you don't know what this boy looks like. But, I mean, we trust DJ's ju judgment. If he says he's cute, he's got to be a hottie toddy. I like how Kimmy's like, oh yeah, but just five seconds ago, you're like, eh, he's okay. And of course, he's like, yeah, I mean, the, but that was before I knew he liked me, or before you said that he liked me. And of course, she's gotta ask clarification from Kimmy. Are you sure he likes me? Like, this isn't some, he just mentioned this in passing to some kid in the hallway on his way to the bathroom type of, like, oh, you know that girl DJ Tanner? Yeah, I kind of like her. So, Kimmy... Puts up a hand and says, if this is not true, if this is just straight garbage from the rumor mill, I swear, I vow I will never shop a day in my life. I will never go to the mall again. What is that? Hope is not a way out. Is a way through. This is a picture. DJ's got a picture just below the one with the Sharpay. What's that one say? Monday's... 
deflate me. Oh, because it's a Sharpay and it's all wrinkly. Yeah, I get it now. The poster's right to the left of Kimmy or Kimmy's head and shoulder there. But then there's one that's really pretty. It's like it's a pasture with a fence and it's got a horse like right by the fence and it says, Hope is not a way out. It is a way through or something to that effect. That sounds depressing. I mean, the Mondays one makes me think of, you know, Garfield with coffee and he still got like his nightgown and his or his nightshirt and it's thing and he's got Pookie in one arm and a cup of coffee in the other and he's like, I hate Mondays or he's in his little uh his little box bed and he's like, I hate Mondays and his eyes are all bloodshot and stuff like that. Clearly, I mean, if Kimmy's vowing never to go shopping again, this has got to be a hundred percent fact that this boy likes her. So I'm gonna play this clip. Stop the homework. But if I stop, you won't have anything to copy. <laughs> well, this is more important. How do you feel about Michael Monfort? He's okay, I guess. Well, I heard from Tom Alcabello, who sits next to the Epstein twins, that Michael Monfort liked you. Are you serious? He's so cute. <laughs> but I thought he was just, okay. That was before I knew he liked me. <laughs> Are you sure he likes me? He wants you to meet him tomorrow after school at the bike racks. Is this a trick? <laughs> if I'm lying, I will never go shopping again. <laughs> really does like me. <laughs> oh, thank you. does this classic like back of the hand to the forehead like oh, falls back and faints on her bed like typical teenager like oh a boy let someone likes me oh I'm gonna faint <laughs> of course Stephanie comes in like Michael and DJ sitting in a tree K-I-S-O <laughs> DJ's like okay how did you know that and then she turns to Camille, like, okay, does the whole school know this? And, of course, Stephanie's like, ah, well, I mean, I mean, Kimmy has a look like, uh, they might, maybe, I don't know yet. Um, it's still, still too early to tell. Uh, Stephanie's like, well, I mean, pretty much the whole school knows, except for the third grade, because, you know, they were on a field trip, so, yeah. Of course, Stephanie's like, I-N-G, first comes love. Then comes marriage. Then comes so-and-so with the baby. DJ with the baby carriage. Well, she ain't marrying Michael. I can tell you that right now. That kid is a one and done. I want to see where that little rhyme came from. Because I remember that one. I was even younger than DJ. I was probably right around Stephanie's age. Well, maybe a little older than Stephanie. And there's a boy that I kind of liked and hung around with and people would say that to this person and I. But I secretly, I love it, keep saying it. 
Okay, so I'm getting some stuff here from, you know, someone else also, um, back in 06, I guess, was looking for, like, the origins, if they could find anything in regards to, uh, this one person commented, we sang it in the early 50s in New York City, it's a start. Let's see, who else here? This person documented, Scott E. Hastings documented it in his book, Miss Mary Mack, All Dressed in Black, in the northern part of Vermont back in the 30s, which means it was much older and came from somewhere else originally. Um, let's see. This one person says, one thing you can say about this rhyme is that at least girls are being socialized to expect that love and marriage should come before having babies. I'm wondering if an earlier version was so uh, a boy, a girl's name and a boy's name behind a tree, K I S S I N G, not in a tree. You know, when I when I was young and I heard that whole sitting in a tree thing, my mind would always be like they're sitting in like a little treehouse or a clubhouse. If you think about it, now that I just I just thought about this. Remember the movie My Girl that was set in like the early seventies, and. The girls were saying that about Veda and Thomas J. Like, Tom, Thomas and Veda sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. And all that stuff. And Veda just looks at them and glares. Like, I'll get you one way or another. Someone says back in 06 this was used in Britain relatively recently as an advertising jingle. This is a weird version. Girl's name and boy's name sitting in a tree. K-A-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage, sucking his thumb, wetting his pants, doing the hula hula dance. The what? <laughs> okay, I'm moving on from this. Okay, that's, we don't, no, no, no. I swear that last part sounds semi-familiar, but then again, pff, I have no idea. So now we go to the schoolyard where the bike rack is, and I notice when DJ and Kimmy walk in the frame, they're like holding hands, but then they kind of break away. Like they're holding, like their fingers are kind of like touching, but then they quickly break away. Um, Kimmy is still got her hair kind of with the the curly. I just I don't know why I'm not a big fan of it, but um, anyway, she's wearing a fuchsia and black shirt and DJ is going for the all denim material but it's like a acid wash kind of white denim material uh, matching jacket and skirt and of course Kimmy's like look when Michael gets here we gotta be cool okay we can't let on that we know that uh, you know he likes you so of course DJ's like alright great yes um, how do I look you know, she wants us to like, make sure, do I look good? Nothing's weird. Nothing's sticking out of my nose. I'm going to put it in my face or in my teeth. You know, my clothes look good. Kimmy's like, yes, yes, you look great. But how do I look? And of course, DJ looks at her like, uh, what's the difference? It's like, he's here to see me, not you. And of course, Kimmy's clearly got a reputation that people kind of, you know, they hang back. They're like, like, Michael just comes and he's like, hey, Gibbler. <laughs> Like, ugh, I can't be bothered to look at her and talk to you. I'm gonna play this clip. Alright, now when Michael gets here, we have to be cool. Right. How do I look? You look great. How do I look? What's the difference? Oh. Here he comes. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gibbler. <clears throat> Bye, Michael. Tell me everything. 
our bikes, huh? <laughs> yeah, good thing they got all these bike racks. So, are you gonna eat lunch tomorrow? <laughs> Probably. Me too. Maybe we can eat together. Okay. But won't people say that we're boyfriend, girlfriend? Yeah, maybe. Is that okay? Yeah, I guess so. I love his hair. It's so cute. You want this? It's a friendship bracelet. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, sure. From my last girlfriend. Thank you. It's really neat. Oh, come on! You gotta scoop him! All these kids! Wait, no, DJ, we have a boyfriend! It's about time! It's about time! <laughs> Yikes! They spooked! They were gonna spook that boy off! He was gonna run for the hills! Like, ugh! But now, re-watching this and kind of knowing what happens later, I honestly gotta wonder how sincere. Like, I think this was just a ruse. Like, I know everyone says that DJ is like the smartest girl in our class, and I really need help in history. So while I pretend that I like her, even though I secretly like Kathy Santoni, like he would ever measure up to Kathy Santoni, boy! You had a good girl there, and you just, but we'll get to that. Let's get to uh, looking at Michael's beautiful hair and blue eyes. I love them. Oh, now I was thinking about Ricky the paperboy and his mullet, beautiful brown mullet, and Kit Cloud Kicker voice because he does voice Kit Cloud Kicker and Tailspin. I'm thinking, okay, you got your Ricky the paperboy with a nice, you know, decent. Jesse season one mullet, or you have Michael with the Farrah Fawcett bangs and just it falls so nicely. It's not, it's just a nice light. You may even call it a maybe a baby mullet, like it's not full mullet mullet. But Quinny, what do you think of Michael Mumford? You like him? What does that mean? You mean you're indifferent? You think he's gross? Oh, there's my phone. Who's calling me now? Oh, my goodness. Do you think uh, Michael's cute? You think he's adorable? What's that mean? Is that a yes? You think he's a cutie patootie? Maybe? What do you think of his mullet? Do you like his mullet? Maybe? Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think of his blue eyes? Do you like his eyes? Huh? Maybe? Do you think they look like my eyes? My eyes are blue. Maybe his are lighter? What do you think, Quinn? You don't care, do you? I didn't think so. But it's good to get your input, right? Huh? Okay. He's got a good smile though, right? I like his smile. When Ki when Kimmy asks how she looks and DJ's like, what's the difference? The they cut back to Kimmy's expression like, ow. Oh, I'm sorry, DJ. It's all about you, I forgot. So Michael comes strolling in. He's got the jeans. He's got the 
light brown with a white cream stripe running down the back of it like windbreaker jacket members only jacket he's got uh, he's got a red backpack everybody he's got he's got a point in my book point in my book and of course Kim's like hi Michael and he's like hey Gibbler <laughs> the way that he kind of just eye roll looks at Gibbler like what are you doing here what if he knew that Kimmy was like the gossip queen of the school? Like, hey, if I mention like I like DJ, you know this gets back to Kimmy. Kimmy is gonna be right in DJ's ear. Like, this is my main person that I want this rumor to go to because she'll tell the source. So, of course, before Kimmy leaves, she bends down. Hey, tell me everything. In a way, yeah, I do think that. Kimmy is trying to live vicariously through DJ, especially when it comes to the first one to get a boyfriend. We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to feel like, you know, because she's like, we, as in you and I, have a boyfriend. Of course, typical, like, 11, 12-year-old behavior. You're meeting someone for the first time. You don't know what to say. They don't say jackedly about the weather because, you know, they're 11 and 12. But, of course, hey, we're by the bike wrecks. A lot of bikes, huh? What do you think? And DJ's like, oh, I love how DJ's, like, got her hands behind her back. Like, yeah, that's, um, good thing there's a lot of bike wrecks. <laughs> uh. I mean, he, he keeps nodding, like, um, trying to wreck the back of my brain for something else to come up with. I'm not really good at this. Or, though, he probably is really good at that. So Michael pretty much cuts the chase with DJ after they exhaust the topic of bikes and bike racks. He's like, uh, so are you going to eat lunch tomorrow? And she's like, uh, yeah, probably. And he's like, oh, well, me too. Maybe we could eat lunch together. And, she, and when he asks that, like, are you going to eat lunch tomorrow? The audience just is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and she's like, probably. <laughs> like, I, I was planning on it. I do it five days a week. <laughs> He's like, yeah, me too. Maybe we can eat lunch together. And she's like, okay, sure. But then she's like, well, wait, won't people say that we're like boyfriend and girlfriend? You know that when she was asking that question, she's like, please say yes. Please say yes. And he's like, yeah, maybe. I mean, is that all right? And she's like, yeah, definitely. So, is it, back in the day of the late 80s, I never did the friendship bracelet thing. Granted, by the time this episode aired, I was, what, five going on six? And he just takes it off. He starts pulling it off as he's asking, you want this? It's a friendship bracelet. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably, you put that on when you're ready to go out and find a, a girl to select that you like. This, I mean, watching this, as a, you know, I, I didn't, I was like, yeah, he's totally genuine. It's, you know, cute. But now that I'm, wa watch as many, many times as an adult, I'm like, yeah, you probably got that from the last girl that you ended things with. This guy, this kid is such a player. And he puts it on her wrist. He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, thanks. That's really, really neat. And it's just like, it looks like a black 
shoelace because it's got two laces that are hanging down. Like he just took off a, a shoelace from one of his old shoes that he was throwing on. Like here, let me just weave this together, and because it basically looks, you know, just like a basic black shoelace. But I mean. It could have been anything that he'd given to her and she would have treasured it with everything she holds dear. Oh my goodness golly sake. Look at these. Oh man. How many kids we got here? The whole school. The entire sixth grade. Even Stephanie gets in on this. We got a boy with blonde hair and glasses, a acid jean jacket, windbreaker pants. He might be in on this, is what I'm thinking. As soon as she says thanks, it's really neat. You hear, woo! Yeah! Clapping and wooing before the kids, like, even pop out of the bushes. There's one, two, three, four, five. I think more kids come are behind the bushes than the ones that actually come out of them. Some kids, when they're ex they're coming into the playground area, and some kids were just there to fill in the scene and then just walk right behind those bushes and out of the shot. Kimmy is so overjoyed. As she goes over, puts her arm around DJ, like, way to go, DJ! We have a boyfriend! As in, we collectively have a boyfriend that we can share and talk about. It's like, I get it that Kimmy is definitely one that is... She likes to be included in every aspect of DJ, especially, I mean, they're best friends. You saw them, like, holding hands as they walked into the scene together and then broke apart. And in other instances, like, we have a boyfriend. I said, finally, DJ, we got you a guy. Because this is the next step of become, starting to become, eventually becoming a teenager is getting a boyfriend. Stephanie is like, yeah, it's about time. I haven't read anything juicy in her diary in, like, ever. And Kimmy says that, DJ, finally we have a boyfriend. And DJ is just embarrassed. And poor Michael, I feel bad for him. He looks like a deer in headlights. Like, what, what is this? Was I being set up? I just, ah, uh, oh. I like this. And Stephanie's like, it's about time. And Michael, like, looks down at her. And it takes a second. And he just starts to smile as Stephanie kind of does a little finger wave. And he, like, like, hey, hey. It's cute. <laughs> See, Michael, you don't get it. When you date DJ, you don't just date her. You also have her entire family that comes in this package. Like, you are being pulled into the Tannerverse. Or right before they go back to the house, as the scene slowly fades out, the whole little Stephanie like, hi, Michael. And he's like, hi. But then he cuts back, or you see his face like, oh boy, what did I just get into? So yes, we come back to the house. We're in the living room. And Stephanie is going to teach old Grandpa Katsopoulos here a card game called Seven Card Stud. And we got Michelle with that little... It's funny because Punky Brewster did the same thing when she was playing, you know, cards with Brandon. The the old, um... The card shark hat. The visor. The green visor. 
think that's also kind of a trope with like accountants. They have those little visor hats. She says, but this time only sixes, nines, twos, kings, and one-eyed jacks are wild. One-eyed jacks? What? First, Michelle holds up her cards, like, bango! And uh, Stephanie's like, no, no, wrong game, Michelle. So we cut to the stairs, and DJ is, like, trying to hustle her dad and Jesse and Joey out the door. Like, come on, guys, you don't want to be late, let's go! Immediately, if you're an adult, I, I, if this were my kid, like, okay, hold up. What's up here? Because you're trying to rush me out the door. And I would immediately be suspicious of that. We cut back up the stairs as the guys are heading down it. And they are in their tux. Oh, they're so handsome. Also, I, I like how it's just a traditional... You know there's kids there because... Before they even get down the set, you can tell there's like DJ soccer ball with like a stuffed, you know, animal by the state, um, a section of the stairs up top. And then there's also maybe Michelle's little dolly carriage with like a stuffed animal in it. It's like, it's, I like how it just displays that a family lives there and that there's kids there because stuff is just here, there, every nook and cranny. But look at these huge framed paintings on the walls. There's a decorative looking ship that's like to the left of one picture is below it. And then there's one to the right. So they definitely got to, they want to fill up that space on that wall. No bare spots, no bald spots. Danny's coming down the stairs with Jesse and Joey's like, oh, I'm so glad this isn't a rental. Why are you sweating? Stephanie looks at her dad and Joey and Jesse's like, wow, you guys are so handsome. And they all at once go, nah, like put their hands like, nah. Oh my God, DJ, could you be any more or less subtle with this? She grabs Danny's hand and is like, okay, bye. It's like, what is, why are you trying to shove me out the door, girl? What's up? And Danny is like, will you let go of my hand? What's the big rush? You know, we have to wait for Rebecca. We're all going together. Because she is in charge of this, of course. It's like, DJ, if you wanted to not arouse your dad's suspicion that you got a boy coming over, why you wouldn't be making a big display. Like, come on, Dad, let's get you out the door. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Go, go, go. It's like... Just play it cool. Like, hey. I mean, he already knows that Michael's coming over to do homework. But the way you're practically shoving your dad out the door is just like, okay, something's... Because he just thinks it's like a classmate coming over to do homework. He doesn't think that she's, you know, it's a romantic tryst that she's got going on here. Oh, yeah. Good, good going there, Steph. She's like, oh, DJ doesn't want you to meet her new boyfriend, Michael. And, of course, Jesse and Joey are uh, fixing their ties in the mirror. And they turn like, ooh, what's this, a boyfriend? And Danny's, like, pumping the brakes. Like, whoa, wait a sec. I thought he was just coming over to do homework. What's this boyfriend talk? Like, DJ, you are 12, girl. You do not need a boyfriend in your life at the moment. Yeah, so it's fun to see your boyfriend. And, of course, she's like, ah, oh, since Tuesday at lunch. So, I remember Becky saying, like, this thing was taking place on, what, like, a Thursday? So, it's been two days. So, they sat together on Tuesday and Wednesday. This 
has got to be like the shortest breakup in history. Dang, Steph, you were just full of info, aren't you? She's like, oh, did you mention that he also gave you a bracelet? Jesse and Joy are like, ooh, a bracelet. So the doorbell rings. DJ's like, Dad, please, if it's Michael, please promise you won't embarrass me. DJ goes to the door. Before she opens it, she's like, please be Rebecca. Please be Rebecca. And she opens it like, crap, no, it's not. It's Michael. So she pulls him right into the house. Like, hey, Michael, let's go do our homework. So as DJ's pulling him by the arm, Danny's like, oh, whoa, whoa. That's not how we do things in this house, Deej. This is your first boyfriend. I want to get to know him. As he grabs Michael by the other hand, it's like a little tug of war. Like, whoa. Easy there. That boy's still growing him to himself. We don't need to dislocate his arm. Shakes Michael's hand like, hi, Michael. I'm Mr. Tanner, DJ's father. And DJ's like, dad, please. What are you doing? I'm <laughs> surprised that Danny didn't say, hey, Michael, um, do you watch my show, Wake Up Sleep for the... Oh, that's right. I forgot. You guys are in school at that time. But I have a show. Talk show host. My co-host, actually, is just going to be coming through the door, so... Another ring at the doorbell. And Jesse's like, oh, I'll get it. And DJ takes this as their cue. She yanks Michael right into the the kitchen. Like, come on, Michael, now's your chance. Like, DJ, you are high maintenance, girl. <laughs> this boy's just got a look on his face like, what? Huh? Huh? What? What's going on? I'm confused. Who are you? <laughs> it's going to get a whiplash. Jesse opens the door slowly, and Rebecca is wearing this very gorgeous-looking sequins. Yeah, like I said, she's wearing a really pretty sequin black dress. Very nice. Her hair is done up. I mean, at this point in time, um, her hair pretty much just reaches her shoulders, so it's that shortcut. But eventually, as the show goes on, it will get longer, it will change color. Season 6, I think it was kind of a red tint to it. Season 7 or 8, it was actually black, and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, either it was black or her hair was like dark, dark, almost black, brown. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Oh my goodness, the wolf whistles that accompany, accompany her entrance. And even Jesse's like, have mercy. Like, I likes what I sees. And even she's like, wow, Jess, you cleaned up real nice. And she just, she comes in, steps into the house, and she just takes a look at all three of the guys. She's like, you, all three of you look so handsome. And they do the same thing as they did with Stephanie with that, nah, with a. <laughs> Come on, guys. Don't act like you're bashful. You're not bashful. Oh, I... Jesse... The red tie and the red cummerbund. Gorgeous. 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 Just sets off his dark hair so well. Oh, love it. So, I definitely noticed that Jesse's pants have two white stripes running down the leg, which the other guys, theirs are just... But then again, I mean, Jesse likes to have his own set of, like... I remember when he and Becky were getting ready for the wedding to sell the decisions. She wanted him to wear a top hat. He wanted to wear, like, some 
design on the back of his tuxedo. So he's definitely one. He has his own style. He likes to be able to stand out and and make something his own. He doesn't want to look just like the average anybody. Like Danny and Joey are pretty much traditional tuxes. There's nothing that stands out about them. I love this card game between... And you don't really see... I mean, the handful of times we get to see Jesse's parents, uh, Nick and Irene, they're pretty much just there. They might talk to the girls, maybe give them a hug or a kiss. But he's actually sitting down. Well, he's babysitting. So, And odds are, I was thinking about this yesterday. While I was wor- last night while I was working, I'm thinking... We had to give Stephanie something to keep her occupied because how many times do you think she would have tried to go into the kitchen for like a a glass of water, some juice, a drink, some chips to interrupt? You know she would. That's the Stephanie way. She's always in DJ's diary. You think she ain't going to want to keep popping in and out of the kitchen and just spying on her older sister? Kind of like, oh, my sister's got a boyfriend now. Maybe I can get tips for when I eventually have a boyfriend. Or just because she likes to learn from DJ. And But I like the card game. It's funny because Punky Brewster, when she was doing the card game with Henry, it was like they're dealing in like chocolate chips and, and you know, he liked the macaroons. This is cute because they're dealing in like stickers. And I remember back in the 80s, the stickers were the big thing. Punky Brewster, I, I keep relating back to Punky, I know. In season two, had a sticker book, a sticker collection, if you will. And I remember collecting stickers, too. There's, like, the, you know, the Rays, like, the puffy stickers? Those were some really cool. I I got this really cool one in third grade, and I just, like, loved it. And someone's like, oh, someone else, like, really, like, oh, I like that. Can I have it? I'm like, no. No, you can't. But they're using Flintstone stickers. She's like, I'll see your two Flintstone stickers and raise you three Hello Kitties. This is so cute. Why deal in money? You could deal in stickers or um, pretzels or I'm sure the Wonder Years in an episode where they're dealing in pretzels. No, they're actually dealing with money. But why do money? You can do um, stickers or um, I don't know. What else can you deal that isn't currency? Um, gift card would be a currency, though. That'll get expensive. Hmm, what else other than stickers? Other than stickers and food. Pogs. If Pogs were, you know, I back in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, Pogs were my jam. I loved the Pogs. They even have the Disney character Pogs. My grandma took me to this shop that had, like, a cardboard box just filled with like pogs that you could get like 20 for a dollar or 10 for a buck or something. And I got a lot of like Disney character type uh, pogs and stuff like that. Granted, I just collected them. I didn't have like pog wars where you get like that like heavy like metal one that I guess you're supposed to slam it on the, the stack and it like spills or something. You're like supposed to have a war with someone else. And it's it's almost like the whole marble thing. You shoot the marble into the circle, and if it goes out, whatever. But okay, I'm gonna. This is just it's adorable. 
I just, I wanna, I wanna play it. Okay, Grandpa, the name of the game is Seven Card Stud. <laughs> but this time, only sixes, nines, twos, kings, and when I jacks are wild. <laughs> Main move. Wrong game, Michelle. Come on, guys, you don't wanna be late. Let's go. Okay. Woo! <laughs> wow, you guys look so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> What's the big rush? We have to wait for Rebecca. DJ doesn't want you meet your new boyfriend, Michael. Ooh. <laughs> I thought Michael was coming over to do homework. Since when is he your boyfriend? Since Tuesday at lunch. Did you mention he also gave you a bracelet? Ooh. Dad, if it's Michael, promise you won't embarrass me. Me? Be Rebecca, be Rebecca. Hi, Michael. Let's go do our homework. Hello, Michael. I'm Mr. Tanner, DJ's father. Dad. I'll get it. Come on, Michael, now's our chance. Wow, Jess, you cleaned up real nice. All three of you, you look so handsome. Nah. Yeah. Come on, let's go. All right, see you later. Bye. 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 Have fun. Bye. 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 I'll see your two Flintstone stickers and raise you three Hello Kitties. I Seven queens beat that. They must be playing with at least a couple decks, because isn't in a deck of cards each thing is like each suit. There's like four of them, right? Four, you know, queens and kings and jacks and whatever. So they're playing with at least two decks of cards. So I looked up seven card stud. Overview, Seven Card Stud, also known as Seven Toed Pete or Down the River, is a variant of, of stud poker. Until the recent increase in popularity of Texas Hold'em, Seven Card Stud was the most wildly played poker variant in home games across the United States and in casinos in the eastern part of the country. Two to eight players is common, so okay. Though eight may require special rules for the last cards dealt if no players fold, with experienced players who fold often, even playing with nine players is possible. Let's see here. Seven cards stud is the S game in horse and similar mixed game formats. Let's see. Game begins with each player being dealt two cards face down and one card face up. The player with the lowest ranking up card plays to bring in and betting proceeds after that in normal clockwise order. The bring in is considered unopened so the next player in turn may not check. If two players have equally ranked low cards, suit may be used to break the tie and assign the bring in. If there's no bring in, then the first betting round begins with the player showing the highest rank ranking card up up card who may check in this case suit is not used to break ties if two players have the same up card the one first in clockwise rotation from the deer later acts first blah 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 it goes on for a lifetime 
and I don't really play cards. My family is big into euchre. Um, even at Christmas, you know, family gatherings, always like a group of people. Get, I never really, I'm sure somebody could have explained it to me if I actually really showed an interest in playing cards, but I'm just like, mm, no. My grandma used to, we used to play the game Tonk, Tonk? Is it T-O-N-K or whatever? I used like a dime, a nickel, and a penny, and I can't remember the rest of it. It was so long ago. But anyway, back to Full House. DJ and Michael are doing homework. It looks like history homework because they do mention Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, which was, what, 68, 69? I'm going to check because I don't want to be called out for being a dum-dum when it comes to that uh, thing that apparently everyone in this world should know. Neil Armstrong walks, walks um, on the moon. A date. July 20, 1969. Uh, also flew on the Gemini 8 mission in 1966. And Michael's like, no way. No way that's not possible. And DJ's like, I'm serious. My dad was alive when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. It's like, my dad was alive for that. Hello, kid? What is wrong with you? You need you need more than DJ to help you study, cause I mean seriously. Her okay, Danny. I did the math. Danny is thirty in nineteen eighty seven. Neil Armstrong walked on the moon in nineteen sixty eight. That means if Danny was born in nineteen fifty seven, that means he would have been twelve. So he would have been right around their age when he was watching Neil Armstrong walk on the moon, unless he wasn't there to see it. Maybe I don't know. I don't see why he wouldn't. Everybody who's anybody that was alive and able to, you know, all that good stuff was watching that happen. Or listening to it on the radio, whichever. She is so, she's not smug, but she's like, oh, yeah. Like, how many times do I, she's probably had to say this like over and over and over again. And he's like, no way, it's in our history book. It's like, Excuse me? So because something's in your history book, apparently people that are living in 1989 couldn't have been alive 30 years ago to witness these massive moments in history? Kid, you need more than DJ to help you out in science. You need a tutor or something. Or you need to actually pay attention because that, his logic is, I get he's 12, but come on. And she's like, well, my dad said he was. She is wearing the friendship bracelet. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. Well, I gotta get home. I don't think... <sighs> he likes being told that he's wrong. He just seems like one of those kids. And now it seems like the mood has gone sour as... Quinn, you can leave the room, you know. I did open the door for you. You gonna eat some more food? You're going to go out the room? Okay. Bye. So she's like, oh, I'll see you at my lunch tomorrow. Because they've already eaten lunch together, you know, two days in a row. Well, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. And what? That's Thursday. So they'd be completing almost a full week of eating lunch together. And he's like, well, I can't. And she's like, oh, why not? And I'd be like, yeah, why not? 
we've eaten lunch together the last three days. What's going on? Do you have a dental appointment I don't know about? And he's like, well, I promised Kathy Santoni I'd sit with her tomorrow. Excuse me. Excuse me. You just gave her, well, yes, it is a friendship bracelet. It's not a be my girlfriend bracelet. I get it. But the moment another girl's name leaves your lips, I mean, here, here's your friendship bracelet. Goodbye. Don't just get out of my house. I don't want to know. Oh, man. And, and I'm thinking, it's like, kid, seriously? What makes you think that Kathy Santoni's going to want to go with you? What makes you think, honestly, now that you're even good enough for Oh, my gosh. And you know DJ's got Kimmy, so DJ's going to have probably Kimmy, like, spread some stuff about him. Or, or so, soil that boy's reputation. But he's a player. Is, has, has he gone to school with them, like, all through kindergarten? Or is he just a new kid that's making the rounds? I gotta kind of wonder. So she's like, Kathy Santoni, what are you talking about? You can't sit with her because everyone's gonna say your boyfriend, girlfriend. And the way he looks at her, kind of cocking his head like, maybe. And? Do you have a problem? It's like he's, what a jerk. It's almost like he's like, well, you didn't agree with me about that Neil Armstrong thing. So, <laughs> He's like, basically, he's shutting it down. Whatever this was is nothing anymore. And I honestly don't think that this was just him getting her, using her to do the homework. I'm like, so you just needed her for an assignment? Are you going to use Kathy Santoni for... <sighs> And DJ's like just trying to wrap her head around it. Like, well, wait, no, I thought, I feel like, look, this says we're boyfriend, girlfriend. You gave me this bracelet. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, you're nice and all and you're funny and you're smart. But unfortunately, Kathy Santoni is just, she's so pretty. We haven't even met Kathy Santoni. We've probably heard her mentioned twice. In this series. And we won't meet her until the Back to School Blues episode in season 3. Which I have covered during the Back to School series in September through October. Oh, he doesn't say funny. He says you're real nice and fun and smart. Of course, he adds that last. Yeah, she's too smart for you, guy. Oh, it's like she is so pretty. The audience is just whoa! Uh, if I were DJ, I'd be like, okay, so great, she's pretty. Then what am I? I'm just smart and fun and 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 helping you with your homework. That's all. Oh man, I would have laid into that boy if I were her. He's like, oh, thank you for helping me with my homework. And he just zips his bag and just leaves. And he goes through the front door. It's like, oh boy. You're going to walk past her, her grandpa who could easily have you dispatched in a heartbeat? I'd be like, go get him, Grandpa Nick. 
So she sits at the table and she can't get that bracelet off fast enough, that shoestring crap bracelet, and just flings it across the table. <clears throat> Done with this. I would have thrown it in the trash. And she looks like she is just gonna start breaking down and crying. It's like, that is horrible. That's no different than him saying, well, she's so pretty and you're so ugly or not attractive or not cute. You guys, trust me, I've had someone say the words ugly when I was just a little older than her. It's not... <laughs> I mean, when you're a teenager, you're, you're going through so many changes, especially... You know, your looks and everything like that. It's like, I know what that feels like to be called that from a boy. And it hurts. And that's something that is really hard to to get over. I Well, in my case. I think that's something that definitely leaves you with a complex. But it's like, you know what, Deej? You got Kevin Gwynn coming. You got, you got Steve so you got plenty of guys in your future that will treat you like the queen that you are. So I'm going to play this clip. No way. Really? No way. I swear, my dad was alive when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. And so was my dad. No way. It's in our history book. He said. Amazing. Well, I gotta get home. So I'll see you at lunch tomorrow? I can't. Why not? I promised Kathy Santoni I'd see you with her. And Kathy Santoni, you can't eat lunch with Kathy Santoni. Everybody will say you're boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe. What a jerk! But I thought we were boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, well, you're real nice and fun and smart. But Kathy Santoni is so pretty. I want to rip out your mullet. Thanks for helping me with my homework. That boy does not deserve to have anything the color red. He's got a red and black checked shirt. He's got a red backpack. He's got a red trapper keeper. Oh, Quinn's going to the potty. So now we're up in DJ's room and we got a bunch of stuffed animals in the little nook bay window. We got some lining the floor just underneath along with the pillow person. I've noticed that DJ's um, comforter is actually one of those reversible types because, oh my goodness, I'm just looking at the wallpaper in the room. It's like the geometric shapes and circles and colors and everything. And her bedspread and the pillowcase are similar as well. You know, the the white with the the colored circles and stuff like that. So yeah, DJ's just contemplating her future and this is a hard lesson, a hard pill to swallow. And of course it doesn't help that Stephanie comes up and asks the most obvious question that she probably does not want to answer. And she's like, oh, DJ, why did your boyfriend leave so soon? And DJ just looks at her like... He's not my boyfriend anymore. No, she says, I don't have a boyfriend. And Stephanie sits down by DJ and is like, uh-oh. 
He dumped you, huh? It's like, ugh, Stephanie, please. Every word that's coming out. I know you want to you, know, you wanna make your big sister feel better by stating the obvious here. And, uh, um, the, sh the sweater that they got Jody in here, it looks a bit big on her. It looks like it could fit. It looks like it's meant for DJ. And the reason I say that is it definitely looks like an adult large on Stephanie or an adult medium. But it just, the collar just seems to like to, to slip. Like, not off the shoulder, but it just, that's what I, oh, it turns me nuts. It's like, fix that collar. Fix it. Even it out a little. But, you know, it's whatever. They can't put brand name clothes on the kids yet. So they're just working. It's a cute sweater. It's got, oh, it's got like the little hush puppy basset hound with the little black and uh, white checked background. And it's, oh, it's so cute. I love it. I like it. Oh, did he dump you? And DJ literally just rolls her eyes like, I don't need this right now. Look, we broke up, okay? Don't ask me any more questions. So finally, she's like, Steph, I, I just, I want to be alone, okay? Can you just, here, here's Mr. Bear, here's your sleeping bag, and your pajamas, and please just go stay in Michelle's room tonight. I really, I need to be alone. I can't, I can't deal with your questions. You're too much right now. He's like giving Stephanie the large sleeping bag, the, her pillow, the pajamas, which are the footy ones. And just is pushing Steph backwards out the door. And Stephanie's like, what did I do? But, 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 here you go. Slams the door in her face. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Because DJ forgot Mr. Bear, grabs him, and just slams him into the hallway. And he ends up hitting the door. Like, face that poor Mr. Bear. He's going to have another uh, mark on his nose. She chucks Mr. Bear into the hallway. Sucks to be you, Mr. Bear. <clears throat> right into Jesse's door. And, of course, Stephanie's like, oh, Mr. Bear, you've had a... It's not a good night for you, buddy. Of course, we get a how rude. Stephanie's got a, um, a Sesame Street, because I recognize Big Bird. I think that might be Cookie Monster on the sleeping bag. So now we're going to jump across town. We are going to go to what is going to be storyline... I'm guessing this is storyline A because that's what started first and then the B story I guess would be DJ and X Michael. So the guys are hanging out, you know, they're the ones that are up for auction and the room is pretty much filled with ladies all wearing like v-neck low-cut dresses and they're looking at the little brochures of um eligible bachelors that are going to be up on the uh, on the block up there and this one lady comes up to Jesse it's like oh because they're all, you know they're wearing name tags and he's like oh number 12 I'll remember that and she pinches his butt and he's like whoa it's like lady don't touch you keep your paws off you don't touch them I mean, were the men not made aware, like, oh, while you're here, the women want to look at the merch and also, like, touch and feel your biceps and your shoulders and 
pinch your butts and I hope you're okay with all of that. It's like, ugh, don't, no, don't respect, humans respect humans. Oh, their names aren't on the name tags. It's their numbers of the order that they're going up. So Danny's like, hey, at least she noticed you. I just feel like I'm back in high school again. Nobody wants me. I'm going to be totally humiliated. It's like, guy, you and Pam got together, like, late in the game in high school. So don't say that no one ever noticed you. Not only did she notice you, but she married you and had your babies. So, yeah. And we've seen Danny go out on a date here or there. So, it's... Dude, I mean, I get it. He just probably feels a little inadequate compared to, you know, Jesse is at least, what, four to six years younger than Jesse or than Joey and Danny are. He's like, oh, I'll probably get a zit. Danny, you're not going to get a zit. You will be just, and he's a TV personality. That is a thing. You're a talk show host. The woman would be clamoring over themselves for you. So Joey, of course, out of the three of them, just finds this. He's having a grand old time with this. Like, ugh, this is fun. Now we know how women feel. Excuse me? What do you mean by that? He's like, hey, let's all go to the bathroom together. Let's not go to the bathroom together. So Becky comes over just to check on uh, her bachelors, see how they're holding up. We see a few other guys over there mingling. And, of course, Jesse's like, yeah, I'm having a great time not. Can I? I don't want to do this. Of course, it's like, you made a promise to Becky. You're roped into it now. Just, you're going to have to just, of course, we get this lady. Her name is Crystal. She, she, this woman looks really, she looks like, you want to know who she reminds me of? It's not the same actress. Dawn Atwood, who played, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but that was Ryan Atwood's mom in this season one of the OC. I mean, she comes back in, like, season three for an episode, but it's just this Dawn Atwood in my mind, like. So, of course, she, Crystal hones right in on Jessica, like, hi, I'm Crystal, are you one of our bachelors? And, of course, Becky kind of you know, gets out of the space between Jesse and Crystal, but immediately, this is her first tinge of, uh, ooh. I mean, she had to have known that you had Jesse do this. He is a young 26, 28-year-old guy. Well, he's probably 25. He hasn't turned 26 yet. And these women all look to be well into their, like, mid to late 30s. They want the young Bureau guys. I mean, for them, it's probably a chance to get away from, you know, their responsibilities and their husbands if they have them and have an exciting night with a bachelor. I mean, you know these ladies are married. You know they must be. I mean, we learn that Crystal's married later. So Jesse immediately changes his tune and, I want to be here to, oh, yes, yes, of course. See, I'm number 12. Yeah. Isn't this a great thing we're doing for charity? Of course, she bought him champagne. I love how Danny and Joey are just kind of watching this. And, of course, Becky. Oh, she's jealous. Oh, yes, he's a true 
humanitarian as she kind of bumps Jesse, which causes his drink to spill a little bit. Yeah, she kind of whacks him like on the back of the shoulder and it's just like, whoa. Yeah, she is getting a little jelly. So back at the house, Grandpa Nick goes to check on Michelle, see how she's doing. And of course, he doesn't expect to see Stephanie on the line, sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag. Like, what's up here? I love how Michelle's just kind of propped up in the corner of her crib, like her her head is like back on her hand, and he's like, "Oh, hi, Michelle. You have a roommate. Isn't that fun?" And Michelle's like, "Shh, Steffi, night night, Steffi, night night." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Have a good night." But <laughs> she looks down just to make sure her sister's still asleep. <laughs> as soon as Grandpa Nick, that was. That was a ruse, right? Because as soon as he's gone, Michelle takes a little throw pillow out of her crib and tosses it on the, step, on the floor, which hits Stephanie's face along with, Wake up! Oh, she's laughing about it. That's adorable. Oh, wow! <laughs> so this guy named Jeff is up there. And the lady who was looking at Jesse, not Crystal, but the lady before, you know the one that pinched his butt? She he gets Jeff for three hundred, and Danny makes a. I'm hoping this is a joke because I don't feel comfortable with this. Because the audience is like even looking at like, whoa, yeah, what? <laughs> He's like, who knew this would have happened on your first day of parole? And even the the lady, whatever her name was, that pinched Jesse's butt, is looking because she's got her arms through the guy's you know, arm, and she's like, oh, excuse me? And the audience, the ladies are all just like, what? They're probably questioning, like, where did you find these batches? This is a joke, right? I want, this is a joke. It's gotta be. Sold for $300. Well, congratulations, Jeff. Who would have guessed that something this wonderful would happen to you on your first day of parole? <laughs> just kidding. And now, ladies, you? feast your eyes on bachelor number 10 for an evening of dinner and dancing at Luigi's two weeks from now, Mr. Joey Gladstone. <laughs> the bidding starts at $100. I have 100. Do I have 150? 150. Do I see 200? 200. $200. Ladies, I don't think you understand what we have here. This man's a comic. He does impressions. You buy him. You buy a date with anyone your fantasies desire. Tom Selleck. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, $200. $200. Do I have $250? $250. Do I see $300? $300. $300. dollars going once, going twice. Sold for $300 to the woman with a bird on her hat. <laughs> Hi, handsome. Hi. Uh, guess I'm your date. Nice bird. <laughs> oh, you're not for me, honey. You're a little gift for my granddaughter. Oh, Heather. <laughs> oh, wow. Hi, he's cute. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> and that brings us to bachelor number 12. Oh, wait a minute. It seems that Danny has conveniently forgotten that he's bachelor number 11. Ladies, Mr. Danny Tanner. <laughs> He's my co-host on Wake Up San Francisco. He's a barrel of fun, and look, he can change colors. He's turning red before our eyes. <laughs> Here you go. Go get him, tiger. 
Oh, he's gonna do that for himself. Uh, all right, now remember, this is for a very good cause. Oh, uh, uh, now, our date includes dinner, so at least you'll get some food. Hey, I've got a bid. A hundred dollars. Oh, bless you, miss. Oh, thank you, thank you. I've got another bid, 150. Oh, thank you so much. I'm hot, I'm happy. Okay, 200, anybody, 200 dollars. Don't stop now, ladies, I can go all night. Whoa, Danny! Uh, what do you mean, what did you say, guy? No, I think you misunderstood me. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I meant was, uh, uh, sold for $150 to the lady with the bird on her hat. <laughs> Do you have another granddaughter? Oh, no, sweetie. You're for me. <laughs> We're gonna boogie all night long. <laughs> take a nap that day so let's start with joey here i mean he's a stand-up comic and does impressions and the women just they're not biting at it so danny's like oh ladies i don't think you get the picture about what you get if you go out with joey you can have a date with whoever you want tom Selleck, arnold schwarzenegger sylvester stallone and Joey's like doing the impressions of like, oh, Tom Selleck, yes, with the mustache. I always got him and Burt Reynolds confused because, you know, they look similar with the dark hair and the mustache. And finally, he ends up going for 300 And you think it's going to be the lady, this nice, you know, 55, 60-year-old woman with a bird on her head. Her hat. And actually, it's for her bombshell of a daughter in a red cocktail dress that comes up. He's like, oh, I guess I'm your date, huh? She's like, oh, honey, no. You're a little gift for my granddaughter. Come here, Heather. And Heather comes up. She's like, oh, wow. Thanks, Grandma. And Joey's like, yeah, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> so, of course, Joey start or Je bleh, Danny is like, oh, okay, well, let's move on to number 12. But Becky's like, oh, no. Everybody, Danny seems to forget that he is bachelor number 11. And it's just like, I mean, he's a talk show. I, but even though he's probably good at talking to a camera, it's like he's basically what he's been doing, like a little um, a stats card or whatever, listing someone's attributes or what activities or what they do for a living. He's got to do that for himself which has got to be uncomfortable it's like you're at your job and they have you do a self-review before you have an actual review so it's like great so I got a list like in the ways that I could work on bettering myself or what are my weaknesses like it's really no different than a job interview and being asked to tell the person that could be maybe be your employer like what are your weaknesses why should we hire you over somebody else and this it's like you're on the spot and that would just make me uncomfortable regardless of if i had a job in the television industry so um the ladies aren't biting so it's like well one lady bids 100 bucks which i guess the bid starts at 300 and he's like, oh, look, another bid. Oh, thank you. 
And then he's like, he's, now that people are starting, girls are starting to bid on him, he's getting his confidence up. He's like, oh, don't stop now, ladies. I could go all night. And immediately every woman's hand goes up. And he's like, oh, wait, no, that's, I mean, <laughs> they're thinking, oh, because whoever they get, they're going to want to take home and, you know, have a good time with, basically. Either these ladies are married or they're looking for a good time or they're not married and they're looking for a good time. Regardless, Danny says, don't stop. I can go all night. And it's like, whoa, of course. But he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Um, you, lady with a bird on your hat, that is the lady I'm going with. <laughs> so he's like, oh, because he saw when Joey, you know, bit on her, you know, he got her granddaughter. So Danny's like, oh, do you have another granddaughter? And she's like, oh, no, honey, you're for me. And he's like, oh, great. And she's like, oh, we're going to boogie all night long. She's probably going to take him on to go, like, ballroom dancing or something like that. And Danny seems like someone who's probably got two left feet. He's, you know, kind of awkward, you know, because he's tall. And uh, <laughs> he's like, okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll take a nap that day. So, of course, now we get to the big moment here with Jesse, which is going to culminate in um, Jesse is... This is a, a big moment. That's why I chose this episode is because Becky is finally going to realize... That this back and forth flirting, you know, cutesy between you and Jesse. Because they've already shared a kiss during the Christmas episode. This is one of those times where she realizes if I don't do something and act on this attraction that I'm feeling for this guy, I could end up losing him to this lady who looks like she would just take him, use him, and drop him when she's done with him. So, yeah. Okay, it's time now for bats the number 12, Mr. Jesse Katsopoulos. Come on, Jesse. Jesse's an up-and-coming advertising jingle writer. He's a musician, Will and he's got... just get on with the bidding? Lady, you need to slow right. down with your alcohol. Do I have $100? You're drunk, clearly. Ooh, stupid question. Uh, 200 300 I bid $1,000. What do you think of that, Jesse? $1,000 for a night with me? No pressure there. $1,000 going once, going twice. $1,100. Oh, boy. Like, what is that? $1,100? Anybody? Take them. I could never explain $1,800 to my husband. But you can explain $1,000 to your husband. Sold to Rebecca Donaldson for $1,700. Danny reads Jesse's stats saying he's an up-and-coming advertising jingle writer. He's a musician. Of course, Crystal cuts Danny right off. Like, would you just get on with the bidding? It's like, okay, lady, keep your undies on. She needs to cut it with the champagne as well. You're getting a little too saucy. Danny starts saying, uh, 100, everybody, every lady in the room that hasn't already bid on someone bids. 
And of course he's like, oh, stupid question. Do I have 200? 300? And as soon as he says 300, Crystal stands up and says, I bid $1,000. And immediately everyone, she bids as high as she thinks that no one else is going to bid any higher than that. So that way pretty much puts everyone else out of the running. Or so she thinks. And Danny's like, Jesse, can you believe it? She bid $1,000 for you? And Jesse's like, $1,000 for a night with me? Yeah, I guess I believe it. <laughs> and Crystal goes up like she's already won him and puts her arms, her arm through his. Like she's ready to just take him, take off with him right then and there. Danny's like, all right, $1,000 going once, going twice, and right, ugh, Becky is like, I'm going to lose my chance, $1,100, as she gets right up there. Of course, as soon as she says $1,100, she's aware of everyone in the room, like, oh my goodness, what did I say? Like, what am I doing? Even Jesse's like, really, $1,100? Like, what? The, just the fact that she would bid on him at all is surprising to him. Of course, Crystal sees us like, oh, no, 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 $1,200. And she and Becky get into a bidding war over Jesse. So she's like, $1,300, Becky says. And she walks up there like, oh, no, this is not done. You're not going to get him. Like, in the back of her mind, she's like, that is my man. I am going to fight for him. So Crystal's like, $1,400. And Becky's like, $1,700. So she jumps up. And apparently Crystal is like, keep him. I can never, I could never explain $1,800 to my husband. Yet you could explain $1,000. You think if I went and spent $1,000 that my husband wouldn't have some serious questions? I'd be questioning my own sanity. Unless it was something for the both of us. I don't think I've ever spent a thousand or even five hundred dollars or three hundred on one particular thing for myself. I mean, anything close to two hundred I want, I'm gonna bring it up like, hey, this is something I want. You know, usually it's gonna be around Christmas time or whatever time that I have a little money saved up that I'm putting towards something that I plan to get. But I'm not just gonna drop a thousand like it's pennies. Yo, a thousand dollars, this is like pennies, this is like nothing. No, that is, that's a big amount. But apparently Crystal can spend a thousand dollars and her husband won't even blink. I'm just gonna go for it and say, I think Crystal is in an unhappy marriage. She plans to have her way with Jesse. So it's official, as Danny says, sold to Rebecca Donaldson for $1,700. And Becky is just really like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, did I make the right choice? It's like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. She did make the right choice in the end. And to Grandpa Nick when she goes and talks to him, he, he's like, you know you could have had Jesse for free, right? And she's like, please, just just don't. <laughs> it's for a good cause. What that causes, I'm not sure. So the guys and Becky come in, and Nick's like, hey, you guys all get sold? And <laughs> Joey's like, yeah, Nick, hey, I got a great girl. And Danny's like, yeah, and I got a grandmother. <laughs> of course, Jesse's so proud as he puts a hand on Becky's shoulder, like, hey, pop, I got Becky. And she paid $1,700 for me. <laughs> and 
Nick is like, what are you nuts? And Joey's like, hey, that's what I said. It's like, okay. And Jesse's like, staple the, kind of mumbles, staple them to Joey, like, staple your lips shut, shut up. So Becky's like, trying to explain away, like, well, it was for a good cause. And I, you know what, Nick, how are the kids? And of course, he lets them know Stephanie's bunking with Michelle because DJ wants to be alone and her boyfriend broke up with her. It's just a bad sitch all around. And of course, it's like, oh, wow. DJ's first broken heart. And Danny's like, wow, that sounds like a job for dad. And I'm like, well, it sounds like a job for mom, but mom isn't there anymore. So no girl's going to want to talk about something like this with her dad. I mean, (laughs) that sounds more like, hey, we're going to go over to Michael's house and give him a stern talking to. I'm surprised that, um, that... Grandpa Nick didn't say, hey, Michael, where are you going? Michael probably dashed out that front door as fast as he could. So, yeah, Joey and Jesse are like, oh, wow, she must be crushed. That's terrible. And Danny's sitting on the couch, like, he's reclining. And then he's like, oh, her first broken heart. Sounds like a job for dad. And Danny gets up like he's going to go upstairs, but he stops and turns to Jesse and Joey like, Hmm, what should dad say exactly? Well, you don't really know. This is not your department, guy. This is not it. You can help her learn how to drive a car, but her broken heart, uh, that's a mom, that's mom territory there. First, Jesse's like, well, you better take along junior dads. Like, hey, do we know how to get her through this? We don't, uh. Becky sits down with that rose that she's, maybe he gave, Jesse gave that to her. And I love how Nick is just kind of reclined into the couch, kind of looking at Becky like, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you paid 1700 bucks for Jesse. I don't know if you realize this, but you could have had him for free. That boy has had his eye on you since the moment you he walked in the door on that first day when he met you. I can't believe Joey just did that. Hey! Oh, you guys get sold? Nick, I got a great girl. I got her grandmother. I got Becky. Pop, she paid 1700 bucks for me. What are you, nuts? Yeah, that's what I said. Well, it was for a good cause, and I... So, Nick, how are the kids? Well, Steffi had to sleep with Michelle because DJ wanted to be alone. Her boyfriend broke up with her. Oh, no. She must be crushed. Her first broken heart. This sounds like a job for Dad. No, it sounds like a job for Mom. What should Dad say? Well, you better take no, along Junior Dads. Junior Dads. Junior Dads. <laughs> you paid 1700 bucks for Jesse, huh? I don't know if you're aware of this, but you could have had him for free. Hi. We heard what happened. Did you have a fight? No. It's all because I'm not pretty. Oh, come on. That's not true. I think you're very pretty. You have to think that. You're my dad. Honey. Did I ever tell you the story of the ugly duckling? Danny! Right, good story. No. Tell the ugly duckling story. Ugly? You guys think I'm ugly? 
I just thought I wasn't pretty. Now I'm ugly. My God, guys. Check this door. Ugh. We don't think you're ugly. All right, it's the duck that's ugly. And the duck turns into a beautiful swan. I don't believe it. You guys told her the story of the ugly duckling? You never tell that story unless it's about some other kid. Why don't you just don't tell it? Did you try talking to her? Maybe DJ needs a woman to talk to. Maybe, you think? We should have told her Hansel and Gretel. No, that's... That's for kids in the woods, ding dong. So Danny, Jesse, and Joey go in there, and Danny sits down next to DJ on her bed, puts an arm around her, trying to be comforting, like, oh, we heard what happened from your grandpa Nick. What happened? You guys have a fight or something? And DJ's like, no, it's all because I'm not pretty. I'm like, oh, no, honey, I think you're very pretty. And I want DJ's like, yeah, you're her dad. You have to say that. Like, I mean, I guess he does not. But, I mean, come on. No girl wants to hear that from, well. <laughs> DJ said it's all because I'm not pretty. You, just, you see Jesse and Joey kind of saying, like, oh, no, come on. Like, don't, don't do that to yourself. There is a, and it looks like it's a folder because it's got a barcode on it. It's like one of those folders, you know, it's got, like, horses on it. But it's like, it's been, like, you know, opened end-to-end. Like, one of those typical, like, um, two-sided folders and... Like, they took it and just put that up against the wall. Like, you couldn't have found a horse poster? I know you got one up there. It seems like every other time we look at DJ's wall, it's got different posters. At one point, it'll have George Michael. And then it'll have, in season one, it had, um, what's her face? Um, Stacey Q. Then it had George Michael. Then it had Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. And horses, and eventually it'll have other things. This is definitely not... See, this is why you shouldn't be talking to your daughter about something like this. Because he brings up, Honey, did I ever tell you about the story of the ugly duckling? And Joey's like, yeah, right, that's a great story. Yeah, tell the ugly duckling story. It's like, no, don't. Because immediately she kind of like... Danny's got an arm around her, and she kind of like pulls away from him and just looks and glares at him like... Ugly? You think I'm ugly. I just thought I wasn't pretty and now all of a sudden I'm being called ugly by my father and my uncle and pseudo-uncle. Great. And of course she ends up going out into the hall and everything and locks herself in the bathroom. And the guy's like, no, it's not you. It's the other person's the ugly duckling that turns into a beautiful swan. And of course Becky is like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You told her the ugly duckling story. You never tell that story to a kid. And then she's like, unless it's about some other kid. Like, how about we just don't tell the ugly duckling story unless it refers to bullying? That could be a great, that could definitely be a great time to bring up that story. Granted, honestly, still, it's still the main ugly part is the word she's latching on to here so just nix that just don't don't ever talk about the ugly duckling ever it's a horrible horrible i get the point they were coming across trying to bring it up but even still mm. the story that becky tells later when she and dj are talking is pretty good and i'll get into that in a minute so 
Unfor- you know, Becky's like, guys, let me handle this. I am a woman. I have my own stories of my own teenage years. I will help TJ. You guys just go downstairs and you can all play a round of seven card stud with Nick. Of course, while the, the bedroom is unoccupied, of course, Stephanie's going to get woken up from all that noise. She's like, oh, the bedroom's free. I'm going back to my own bed. And of course, Becky and DJ come in there like, oh, we're going to kick you out again. <laughs> oh, there's a class photo here on DJ's corkboard amongst her awards and stuff. I love here how D, uh, Becky is at the door and she's just kind of, DJ, you want to come out so we can talk? Because, you know, DJ locked herself in the bathroom. And the whole time, Stephanie is, like, taking her stuff from Michelle's room, going back into her room. Like, oh, sweetie, you're just going to have to have that stuff moved back into Michelle's room again. So, Becky is really motherly here. DJ opens the door and right away, Becky swoops in, like, just kind of leads her, points her in the direction of her room. Like, come on, sweetheart, let's go talk in your room. And they shut the door. Oh, she brought in Mr. Bear, but she still had her pillow and sleeping bag. Like, just leave that stuff in Michelle's room, get it in the morning. No, they lock the door, she can't get out in there, of course. Like, hey! And they, poor Mr. Bear, again, boosh, right at Jesse's door. That poor Mr. Bear. He has had a rough night. So we go into DJ and DJ and Steph's bedroom and right away DJ takes control of the situation. Like, look, Becky, there's nothing to talk about. I'm ugly. Boys don't like me. And that's it. That's the truth. Yeah, her confidence is shattered. Oh my, Michael, you did a job on this girl. Well, DJ, you know what? Your dating life can only get better from here. You know, he was a good example of what not to look for in a future boyfriend. Becky, there's nothing to talk about. I'm ugly, boys don't like me, and that's it. DJ, that's not true. You happen to be a very pretty girl. But I know how you feel. When I was in the seventh grade, I had the biggest crush on Sven Anderson. (laughs) But he liked blondes. So I got a big bottle of peroxide. Did it work? <laughs> Turned my hair orange. I look like Howdy Doody in a miniskirt. <laughs> Howdy who? Oh, that's <laughs> Anyway, my mother said, don't you worry about what a boyfriend or anybody else thinks of you. You just be the best Becky you can be. And then she made me stand there and list all my good points. You're not going to make me do that, are you? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> now go on, try it. Well, pretty good at school. I have a lot of friends. I have a purple belt in karate. I'm nice to animals. I have great hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see? You know what? Those are just a few of the wonderful things about you. Deej, that boy blew it. You are the best. Thanks, Becky. You're welcome. Do you think I'll ever have another boyfriend? No, you'll have lots of boyfriends. And some will break your heart. And if I'm not mistaken, you'll probably break a few hearts yourself. It'll be great. (laughs) And then someday, when you least expect it, you'll meet that one special guy. And before you know it, 
you'll be paying $1,700 to go out on a date with him. <laughs> I don't understand. Neither do I. But you're feeling better? Yeah, I guess. Good. Becky, would it be all right if I called you some time to talk about girl stuff? Any time you want. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> you go on, I'll handle this. <laughs> Just drag her back in. There we go. So Becky sits down across from DJ at the little table and she sets DJ straight right away as DJ's like, look, I'm ugly, I'm not pretty, boys don't like me. And Becky says, look, you happen to be a very pretty girl, but you know, I know how you feel. And Becky tells her about a time when she had an, a crush on a boy named Sven Anderson and unfortunately, he liked blondes, which don't, come on now, don't be closed off like that. I mean, there was one time like, oh, I like blondes, but it's like, it's like don't, I don't know, come on, be a little more open with that. You got, Don't just narrow that playing field till it's like next to nothing. Anyway, um, so Becky, who is a brunette, decided to get a bottle of peroxide and dye her hair, which ended up turning her hair like flaming orange howdy doody or pennywise from it like orange. Of course, DJ's like Howdy who? Which is funny because that will come back in season five, the episode The Volunteer with Eddie, the elderly man from the nursing home who is suffering from Alzheimer's. He brings up how his daughter Gloria would watch Howdy Doody. Oh, so yeah, she was right around DJ's age. She was in seventh grade and she had a crush on a boy named Sven Anderson. Sorry, but when I think Sven, I think the reindeer now from Frozen. <laughs> So, DJ got a big bottle of peroxide, so she was doing the whole, um, peroxide bleach thing, like, what, Eminem would, wouldn't he do that in, like, the late 90s? He did the whole, uh, peroxide bleach your hair type thing? Because when she mentions that peroxide, I'm like, that makes me think of Eminem, the white rapper. Which I really was not into Eminem. I'm really still not, but Jeremy is into Eminem. When we first started dating, he made me a little mixed CD of us, because he would, like, we worked at the video store together, and he um, would play, like, his music and, and stuff at the end of the night, and one of them happened to be um, Eminem, so he made me a, a few select songs, like a little mixed tape on a CD. DJ's like, oh, did it work peroxiding your hair? And of course, Becky's like, no, it didn't work. It actually turned my hair orange, so I looked like Howdy Doody in a miniskirt. Oh, um, your we meet her dad in season four of the wedding episode, which I'll, I'll be getting to in February. And it's like, no, he doesn't look like he'd be letting his girl out of the house in a miniskirt, especially not at the age of 13. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so, Becky's mom gives her some amazing advice about don't you worry about a boyfriend or anyone else thinks about you. What you think about yourself is what 
is the only thing that should matter. And she actually made Becky list her her top points about herself as far as what do you like about yourself or just list your good points. So, of course, DJ's like, oh, you're not going to make me do that, are you? And Becky's like, oh, you bet I am going to make you. Okay, now you start. So, DJ says that she's pretty good at school. She's got a purple belt in karate. She's nice to animals. She's got a lot of friends. All good points. Yeah, her mom said, you just be the best Becky you can be. Really, the only person you gotta worry about impressing is yourself. Don't worry about what others think. You're not there to impress other people. All that matters is that you're being the best self that you can be. That you're giving everything 100%. And that you feel good about the work that you put into yourself. This just seems just as awkward as the guys having to stand up on stage and like, talk about themselves well actually no they really didn't have to do it was Danny when Danny had gotten up there and had to list you know basically auction off himself and it's like yeah I mean anybody like I said it's the same thing with an interview like tell us why we should hire you or tell me when someone says tell me about yourself immediately I start to freeze up like um, I, um, I don't know. Uh, what do you want to know about me? <laughs> Basically, nobody likes being put on the spot. Oh, I love how she's like, I have great hair. It's like, you do, girl. You got some great hair. Looks like someone hairsprayed the life out of it, but it's great hair. I like, I love this relationship. We just, you know, this is just pretty much the first sign of uh, such an amazing relationship that Becky has with the girls, especially DJs. Like, they do need a womanly figure in there to talk about the things that will come up. Not just with boys, but just, you know, their bodies eventually. DJ's body's gonna eventually change if it hasn't already with the thing that no girl wants to have to worry about. And, you know, she can't go to the guys about that. She, you know, she can't talk to her mother because her mom's not there anymore. So Becky, of course, or her gra grandma, I don't, I don't know about that. Becky would be, honestly, the best person to go to when it comes to all of those changes and feelings and just like, eh. But Becky's like, see, those are just a few of the wonderful things about you. But her best advice here is when she says, Deej, that boy blew it. You are the best. It's like, yes, he did blow it. I really hope that Kimmy sullies that boy's rep. I but you know this is going to get back to Kimmy. You, I mean, it is embarrassing. Like, hey, DJ, how's it going with Michael? Michael and I are, we're done, though. Just uh, like... What happened, DJ? Tell me. Oh my gosh. He's into Kathy Santoni. Don't worry. We're going to make Michael look like the toad that he is. He is not going to be able to get any girl, like, ever, as long as he's going to the school. Yeah, like I said, this kid is a player. He's probably been through... That dang friendship bracelet probably came from another girl. That he broke up with just recently. Just last week. Just making the rounds. Because he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. He did seem to have that. That whole fake like. Oh. No. 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 That 
boy had swagger and a bad kind of swagger. Breaking hearts left and right through San Fran. Oh, DJ, she's happy. Like, thanks, Becky. And they hug. Oh. Of course, DJ's like, do you think I'll ever have another boyfriend? And Becky's like, oh, of course, girl. You are going to have so many boyfriends, you'll have to beat them off with a stick. Well, she doesn't say that, but like, you know, some will break your heart, unfortunately, and you'll break some other hearts. It's going to be wonderful. But then one day, that special guy is going to come along and you're just going to know that he is, he's the one. Like, oh, oh, and I'm just like, Steve, Steve. I mean, we can't, guys, we can't forget Tommy Sr. We can't just disregard him. He's the boy's father. I mean, I know Steve and Deej are, they're end, they're end game forever and ever, but we do have to take into account that she did find a man to fall in love with and have children with. But I do gotta say, I really don't think that she and Steve are gonna have kids together. She's just, DJ is 40 years old. It's just, I'd be cute if they did have a kid, but I just, I, they got the three now together to raise, so. Oh, so Becky, what she say? Someday when you least expect it, you'll meet that one special guy. And before you know it, you'll be spending $1,700 to go on a date with him. But Becky, I like how if you listen, like read, listen to the words that she's saying. It's almost in a way, it's like she's relaying this to DJ, but she's talking about herself in the fact that Jesse is that special guy. And she sees that in Jesse. It's taken her this you know, whole event of that night to see that. The idea, like, I've met this special guy, you know, we shared a kiss, he's great with, you know, his nieces, and he's just, he's funny, he makes me laugh, and, you know, everything, and just, you know, they cook together, and they have a good time, and it's just the idea that she could lose him to that girl, that lady Crystal, which she wasn't going to date him, she was just gonna, you know, use them and lose them. That was it. But that, just that fear, just like, no, I have, whatever I got in my bank account, I'm putting it all on Jesse. If it takes $2,000, I'm gonna do it. I mean, 1700s a bit. It's 1988, right? That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money back then. Of course, uh, DJ is like hearing this, like, I don't understand. And of course, Becky's like, neither do I. Like, these feelings she's having, she's just like confused. And like, I don't know how, how to process any of my actions. But Becky's like, oh, you feeling better, DJ? And of course, like, yeah, I guess I'm feeling better. And she just say, Becky, do you think that maybe we can, you know, from time to time, if I have a question about stuff, I can come to you? Because, I mean... I really can't talk to the guys about this kind of stuff. She's like, absolutely, DJ. Yes, call me whenever you need to talk. Just call me up. You know, I'll be over here all the time. You know, I work with your dad and everything. Me and Jesse are just, you know, trying to figure things out here. So, yes, I am available to you. Talking about girl stuff. And Becky just, it's like, oh, anytime you want. She just kind of side hugs DJ. Like, oh, I love that. I love love this. Of course uh, they look down and <laughs> open the door and I didn't know that DJ was barefoot this but then again I mean 
I must have seen it when she was, you know, on her bed. And she, But Stephanie is in the sleeping bag, arms around Mr. Bear, holding him. And she's asleep. Like, wow. This reminds me of when um, I went to live with my aunt and uncle when I was seven. And it was probably like the first night or two. And I think I was just scared and homesick. And I remember taking my pillow and a blanket and just sleeping right outside the door of their bedroom. And I just, just like... So... DJ just takes the bottom of Stephanie's sleeping bag and just pulls her right in. And Stephanie is just sound asleep, this girl. Jackie comes down and the guys are in the kitchen and Danny's like, hey, how'd it go? It's like, she's she's going to be just fine. You know, she's got a bruised, a little broken heart, but it is going to mend. It's going to heal. And she just needed to talk with, you know, she needed a girl's perspective to talk to about this. And Danny is like, oh, thank you. You know, I just... Danny thanks her and says, you know, I'll say goodnight to her. You know, they really should put a warning label on the ugly duckling sort. You know, I don't think it's so much as a warning label as a common sense on your part there. (laughs) But then again, I mean, Danny's still easing into these dad talks. He hasn't perfected them 100% yet. You know, he's really... My guess is Pam is usually the one that would handle all the problems with the girls and every, anything that arise, especially when in the pilot episode, you know, DJ was moving down to the basement because she didn't want to share a room with Steph. And he's like, Deej, how would your mom have handled this? You know, I'd come home from work, everything would be fine. And he, he just is like, he really, he knows his kids, but he doesn't know how to handle and discipline them the right and you know so it's all it's a, it's a learning curve it's a learning experience for all the guys really and to have a female perspective when it comes to this stuff because like i said dj's 12 she's gonna have more things come up down the road that she's not gonna be able to come to the guys about so jesse offers becky some hot chocolate and they realize they kind of gotta hash out this whole date thing scenario that she spent $1,700. Of course, that money is gone. It's going to charity. And I love... This is the thing with Jesse. He hops out of the counter and does the little slide thing with his tush. And he's like, look, I'm not going to hold you to this date thing. And he says, you know, I I know. I've asked you out a few times. Actually, several times. You turn me down. I get it. You want to focus on your career. You're not ready to settle down and you know, have a relationship right now. Yes, that her career comes first and she just wants to be friends. He's kind of rambling. I get it. You know, you were caught up in the excitement and the bidding and you had money. And Becky's like, Jesse, look, um, <laughs> this is really hard. <laughs> oh, boy. Because she, she's, she's being honest here. She's, um, I like how it's almost like she's got butterflies in her stomach stomach because her her hand goes extinctively to her stomach because she's like to be honest and she's like oh boy she turns away from kind of a little embarrassed like you know she's putting putting her heart on on the line here admitting this and stuff like i don't know how this is gonna go i mean she knows how he feels about her but her openly admitting this (laughs) 
He's going to admit, like, you know, when Crystal was about to win that date with you, he's like, let me guess, you got a little jealous? And Becky is like, I wanted to claw her eyes out. You know what? I'm right there with you, Becky. I am right. When I saw this episode, I I remember, like, just like, no, no, Jesse and Becky have to be together. Who is this lady? Go away. She says something happened to her. I was, uh, and Jesse's like, you were jealous? <laughs> the claws were going to come out. Woo! <laughs> He's like, oh, really, huh? Love that the sequence, how they sparkle in, um the lights and everything like this. But I like how Jesse, just hearing the idea that not only is Be- was Becky jealous, but she was jealous to the point of like physical assault. Like, I don't want to scourge your eyes. <laughs> He's loving this attention. <laughs> and she faces him and says, you know, I know what I said before, but I think maybe now we should, we should go out. I mean, who knows? You know, maybe this could turn into something, maybe it won't, or maybe it already has. And she realizes, like, she's just kind of rambling, like, I should shut up right now, or maybe you should just say have mercy and kiss me, because (laughs) she says, maybe you should just shut me up. (laughs) I gotta say, I kind of like this kiss a little more than their first kiss at the airport, because this kiss is something that they're going to build on, and it's the start of Jesse and Becky. I mean, the first kiss in the airport was cute, but we've been a few episodes out from that, and now it's like, this is the point, like, I think we should go out. I think we should try this. And they kiss, and and she's like, I think you should kiss me. He's like, okay. And he goes, and he just kisses her so tenderly, and it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, like I said, Jesse's been out with you know, a, a lot of women, but Becky is the first one that's really, you know, put a spark in him, just something about this woman that just, what's to say about, about any, like that one person that you see them and, and you feel something, like you've probably been out with other people before, but it's this one person that just lights a fire inside of yourself that you can't extinguish and it's just spending time with them and you just they're the best part of your day even if you're just thinking about them or talking on the phone or or, or whatever it is and it's just yeah I, I love this I love that we get to see them build on this relationship and just the uh, the fights and you know the almost break the the breakup after the um that would have taken place in season three of course the next episode I'm going to be focusing on is going mm, excuse me is going to be the season two finale luck be a lady where at that time though six months will have passed that they have been dating and they're like, again, it's someone's semi coming between them, and it's a rash decision. And Jesse's like, I want, we're in Vegas, and I want to know that you're mine. Let's get married. So, but I will get more into that when I cover that episode. But, but at least. They kind of, after that episode, it's like, no, we got to slow things down and take it slow and really 
we got to iron out our differences because everybody, you know that the person that you end up with, you're not always going to see things the same way. You're going to have different views on things. You're going to have different values and everything, but somehow eventually you're going to either iron iron them out or you're going to, you know, mesh with each other a little bit and you're going to have your compromises and your gives and your gets, you know, and, and, and it's going to work out in the end. And I know now I'm starting to ramble, but I'm going to play this clip because I, just, I, I love this. They are such a power couple. And this is such a shining example that the girls can see in a relationship because they might have gotten a little bit. I mean, Stephanie would have been too young to see her mom and dad really be a couple together. But DJ did get to see a little of that. But... Jesse and Becky going forward as the girls are getting older, they are the prime example of probably what they will look for. Like this is the kind of relationship I want in my mate, someone who is caring and considerate and funny and just, they're the best part of my day. They're who I look forward coming home to, you know, once you're, you're, you're married or together or whatever. And it's just, you can't stop thinking about them. Everybody wants that type of person that has changed their life for the better and has you saying, you make me want a, to be a better me. Like, that's how I feel. As in, the person I was before I met my husband, before, you know, we started dating, like, I, I, sh I shed that, that person and I grew as as, as a person in, in, in a relationship and everything, and it just definitely. But now I'm gonna play this clip. Is CJ okay? Yeah, she's feeling better. She just needed a little girl talk. Thanks for the help. You're welcome. I'll just run up and say goodnight to her. They should put a warning label on that ugly duckling story. <laughs> Some hot chocolate back? Sure. Jess, we have to talk. I know. Look, uh, I'm not going to hold you to this date thing. I mean, I know I've asked you out a few times, actually several times, and you've made it quite clear that your career comes first and you just want to be friends. Jesse, I know. No, what... I know what, exactly what happened. You got caught up in the excitement, everybody bidding, and you had money, and you... Jesse, I... Uh, to be honest... Oh, boy. <laughs> Tonight, when Crystal was about to win that date with you, something happened to me. I was, uh... A little jealous? I wanted to claw her eyes out. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesse, I know what I said before. But I think maybe now we should go out. I mean, who knows? Maybe this could turn into something. Or maybe it won't. Or maybe it already has. Or maybe you should just shut me up. Okay. So while they're kissing, Joey takes Michelle from her bed, from her crib, brings her downstairs. Like you're, in, I mean, he didn't probably. Did, he must have known a cute moment. 
but it didn't matter because it's like it had to be said and of course it's adorable coming from michelle she's like have mercy <laughs> and of course you see joey like going to the fridge like, like uh, a drink or something and he just takes her back out but that's how they end the episode and jesse and becky like break apart and look at michelle and just kind of jesse kind of smirks and then they go back to kissing and it's just that's how the episode ends it's just it was really cute and I, I really, I, I like this episode. Like I said, this is, this is the beginning of everything that comes after. And, and I'm just, I'm so excited for the next episodes that I chose in the Jesse and Becky, a love story series. I just, I wanted to do it, especially, you know, next month in February is Valentine's Day. So we'll have the wedding episode. We'll have all the other episodes come after from Jesse and Becky getting married, them moving out, you know, her finding out she's pregnant, the baby's being born, and then, of course, them renewing their vows. So, you know, that's the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a fun time with this. Um, let's see. For best, I'm going to give it to Becky. I loved her her outfit, her sequin black dress is gorgeous. Um, as far as for worst outfit, I am gonna give it to Kimmy's at the very beginning with the, it was just, it was a blue button-up shirt. I just, I didn't like the way her hair, I mean, it's okay, her hair, it's not a big deal, but it's just like, eh. She's, I mean, the next look she was rocking when they met Michael was the uh, the fuchsia and black checked, you know, shirt was pretty cool. So, and I, I love how they coordinate, like, the outfits with the hair accessories. It's really awesome. Um, I don't think I do this every episode, but I am going to give who was the worst this episode. I'm flat out giving it to Michael. Like, bud, you earned this award. You are... Just a that kid's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot of growing up to do, and as far as learning how to respect women, one you don't call him ugly. If you didn't want if you, to be with DJ, why did you give her the friendship bracelet? Granted, yes, like I said, it was a friendship bracelet. It wasn't a commitment ring or a promise ring or anything like that. They're only twelve, but. His full intention, like, he knew going into exactly what he was going to do. I mean, looking at it now, I'm not surprised. He planned that whole thing out. And I hope that Kimmy sullies his, I really, really hope she does his, tarnish his image. He kind of does that himself. And I really hope that when he goes to sit next to Kathy Santoni, she just looks at him and says, do you want something? What are you doing here? Oh, you wanna you wanna eat lunch me with me? I don't think so. I don't think so. Cause by then word's gonna get around that Michael, the player, is avoid him at all costs. Uh second place for that, because of course there's a second one. I'm gonna go with Crystal. Who do you think you are? Spending a she was going to spend $1,000 of her husband's hard-earned money to cheat on him with Jesse. Yeah. You're a garbage person. You and Michael are both garbage people.
Oh my gosh, can you imagine if that were Michael's mother? Oh, they both have blonde hair, so, but, (laughs) um, I think for the, the, the line of the episode, which I don't do this very often, but I want to go with, (laughs) I wanted to claw her eyes out. Loved that line. Loved it. Honorable mention. I want to give that to um, the lady with the bird on her head. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah, what a sweetheart that lady. All right. So the next two episodes I'll be focusing on because it'll be two episodes in. It's a two-parter, so it's going to be two episodes in one. Season two, episode 21 and season two, episode 22, Luck Be a Lady, part one. And then I'll read the synopsis for part two. Danny and Becky have their morning talk show live for the first time at a casino hotel at Lake Tahoe. Jesse dreams of romantic moments with Becky, which are threatened when a film star by, uh, played by, um, I don't know his name, um, He's supposed to be like a soap opera star, uh, Todd Masters, and Joey and the girls turn to gambling. Oh, you bet. Oh, my goodness. DJ, 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 girl. But then again, if I were DJ, I, I mean, the fact that he, the, the proprietor of the hotel gives each of them like a silver dollar. Like, what are you going to, I mean, the temptation is there. It's like, nobody's looking, but you know those places are monitored, like, no tomorrow. There was a, um, an episode of Brotherly Love that started the Lawrence Brothers, where Andy, the youngest Lawrence brother, I don't know what that boy was doing in the casino. He was actually, I think, younger than DJ, um, where he was playing, like, a slot machine. Like, he found a quarter or something on the floor, and it's just like, uh, no, we see what's going on. We have monitors all over over so even when you think there's no one watching you there's somebody watching you all right so luck be a lady part two jesse and becky decide to marry each other secretly right away dj and step are easily aware that they are hiding something and play detectives yes so that will be episode three luck be a lady Parts 1 and 2 in the Jesse and Becky love story series. So look forward to that. So everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, We are praying that we don't lose power tomorrow. We're going to get our first winter storm. I'm not happy about it. I really pray that I don't lose power because I have more podcasting stuff I need to to get done. I need to get doing. So all right, everybody. Stay warm and enjoy this podcast. Bye-bye.